0: Peter Laird and Jim Lawson worked so closely together on every, seemingly, every single aspect of that book, there would be no Volume 4 without Jim Lawson.
1: Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh.
2: Calabunga! Calabunga, dudes, you and welcome to episode 115 of Turtle Flakes. We're back, Josh. Yay! Yay! Uh, it has been too long, so uh, I am your host Rob, and join with me as always is the, my my pal, my partner, Ninja Turtle. Prime. My pal, <laughs> my, my, he's
0: swell. I tell you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Josh O'Rourke, how are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. How are you doing, everyone?
2: Oh, doing good, man. Doing a good. Uh are doing well. Excuse
0: me, Jesus. It's all dangerous. humid and crap over here. Just rained all night. Now it's sunny. It sucks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the sun?
0: Yeah, it sucks, man. Oh, jeez! All night it was. I mean, like we had bad thunderstorms last night. Um, like, like, wake, like wake up the dogs and stuff. No, what scared me was <laughs> Isaac sleeps in the room right behind ours and or right next to ours, and yeah. he got freaked out by the thunder because he's three. Yeah, he like broke down his door because there's a baby gate in front of him. <laughs> Broke all of it down and started pounding on our door because he's scared. I was like what? I thought I thought we had like a home invader. Like I almost <laughs> I almost like Spartan kicked my kid down the stairs because I thought it was like a burglar or something like that.
2: Yeah, so. Oh geez, yeah. Well, yeah. The weather here's been nice. I'm telling you, it's been in the 80s. I'm thinking about taking my son to play some soccer here a little bit or some baseball in the park. Um. So man, you mean, it's- hit him in the head
0: with another baseball. <laughs>
2: You you saw that didn't you? I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Okay, listeners, I pu- I was playing baseball with my son. It's my second favorite sport.
0: In the house.
2: Uh, in the house because you know it was if because the
0: wife wasn't home. Yeah, like, <laughs> so we can do dumb stuff. The wife isn't here.
2: Yeah, so right. Oh, I know. Want ice so breakfast, I,
0: for breakfast? You got it.
2: You got it. <laughs> uh, so I was teaching him how to play baseball. I said, all right, you know, you hold the bat up. And you keep your eyes on the ball and then swing. And he would repeat it back to me and everything. And so to... I was like, yeah, right. And so I, then I, I was like, this is a cute moment. I think I'll film this. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, buddy, teach me everything you've learned. Uh, and he's like, hold the bat up, eyes on the ball, and swing. And as I throw the ball to him, I, I conked him right in the head. And I yeah, didn't his, mean to.
0: His eye was on that ball, though. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, so I I nailed him pretty good. I felt horrible, but it was so funny. And even the sound, it, it was a rubber ball, by the way. It was not a yeah. real baseball.
0: Oh, that would have been amazing if you hit him with a softball or something. Oh, like that'd
2: that. be horrible. Gee, <laughs> I wouldn't post that. Jeez. Um, oh, I would have. Yeah. Look what I did. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. I would, yeah. Uh, so, so anyways, guys, uh, today we, we – I should have mentioned this at the very top of the show. We're covering a, a, a big one right here, one that actually we – Josh – Witt and I had discussed, gosh, probably three, four years ago. It is the first Image comic book, and we figured we'd we discussed this because now they have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Urban Legends comic out now. It's in print. It's in digital form, and there's a lot of great stuff coming down the pike with IDW and re-releasing some old stuff from Image. You were actually just saying before we recorded, Josh, that uh, Body Count's coming out.
0: Yeah, um, in August. Yeah. A yeah.
2: That's that's one whole oh boy. If you love gore, if you love action-packed, can't even keep up with the high-paced action, you're gonna like what Image did. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna be discussing the first issue of that today. So some really Urban exciting Legend. stuff.
0: A body count. Urban legends.
2: Yes. Right. Right. I, okay. Right.
0: I just. I, Urban I, legends. I, I heard you wrong. I was like. How are we going to do body It's not even out. It's how weird. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I phrased that wrong. I don't
0: have 40 bucks to spend to buy it right away. <laughs> so I,
2: I don't either. I don't either. I've got two pickups <laughs> to talk about today, and one of them is the Urban Legends one. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to talk about a pickup I made like three months ago because, you know, nice. money's, a, money's a little tight. Oh, if anyone knows. I understand. It, payday's Tuesday. And it's like, oh, God, man. Like, the other day, I was washing dishes the other day, and Nicole noticed that I, I'm starting to get gray hair. Oh, no. But I – which is fine. I don't care, which is fine. Wait, wait.
2: You are 35, aren't you?
0: I am. Shut up. Um, it's old, man. It's old. You'll get there. She noticed that I'm getting gray hair, but it's – I can't even do that right. Like, people get gray hair <laughs> on like, the top of their head. I've got it, like, on the bottom, like, next to my ears, like, where you can't see it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you cut that off. So that means, like, I'm going to look like I have a UPC barcode on the back of my head. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, so it's, which is, you know, fine. Okay.
2: That's fine. Hey, hey it's wisdom, right? No matter <laughs> where it is.
0: <laughs> Man, you keep, you keep something out in the sun long enough, it all fades. That's true. <laughs>
2: oh, well, good deal, guys. Well, first of all, you know, I do want to address the uh, the giant turtle in the room. We we are so sorry that it's been so long since we've, we've been on. I blame myself for it, guys. It has been a crazy couple of months between... Um, getting ready for the testing for TN ready tests at school. Oh my gosh. That was its own debacle for another day. And also just, just getting ready for our baby girl. And I don't know if I've even shared this with you, Josh, but um, our little girl was originally, uh, the due date was July 3rd. Mm -hmm. Well, she is measuring so far ahead that they actually bumped her back or bumped her forward a month. So now it's going to be June 26th, which is the day after my birthday that they've scheduled the induction because she's, she's, She's ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So we've been just kind of getting ready for the baby to get here. So but that's so that's
0: uh Christop- So they're going to induce labor.
2: Uh, yes. Okay. If she doesn't come sooner, oh, man, I got a feeling she's going to come sooner though. Because, <clears throat> excuse me. Because uh, my wife's been having some killer contractions lately, and um, she we actually took her to the hospital. We were supposed to record last Saturday. I last. hope your
0: wife doesn't mind us revealing her medical history on her yeah. podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bore anybody. Yeah. But bottom line is, by the way,
0: her social security number. If it.
2: anyone wants to know, we <laughs> yeah. get the credit card out. Um, long story short, we're we're back. Uh, it is my goal and my plan to get back on a weekly routine. We're still going to have you know about an hour, hour and a half show. Just try to keep it kind of shorter on, on that stuff. But we're still doing the same eras. Um, we got some really cool things coming down the pike. And also, Bodacious Brian, who does the Turtle Tracks show on our feed, he just released an episode. It should already be up as you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. and it's in our feed, so you get it for free. Free charge there. It's just right in the same feed. And he talked with, I think, two developers from Raw Thrills about the Nickelodeon-based arcade game. So he's got some great interviews, and he's got a really good one coming out next month as well. He's told me two or three hosts... And all three of them were big names. So I don't know which one he's going to go with for next month. But we got some great stuff coming down the pike there as well. Uh, so let me get these links out of the way real quick. So if you want to send us an email, which, by the way, we've got a couple of emails we'll be sharing today. Lots of feedback. We're way overdue. <laughs> you know, so we, it's about time we finally address those. And thank you so much for hanging in there with us. If you want to send us an email, our email is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Turtleflakes, all one word. We do have a Facebook group page, which is facebook.com/groups/turtleflakes. We do have a Turtlecom hotline and we thank our callers for the, like the last 2 months worth of calls we've gotten great stuff. Um can't wait to talk about uh Brian from Utah, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Uh so our number there And by the way, it's just an answering machine. If you want to talk about anything Ninja Turtles, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. It's one of my favorite segments of the show, um, to hearing from you guys. So the number is 865-309-4875. And check out our good friend Mark Pellegrini. He's basically like our encyclopedia for all things Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics and cartoon reviews. Speaking of which, he just released his review of Season 3 from the 2003 cartoon. I just saw it on his website this morning, so... I'm uh, looking forward to reading that. Also, check out Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday on YouTube by our good buddy, Anthony Hernandez, a.k.a. BatBomb82. He has amazing toy reviews. Uh, he's bad for me and Josh because everything he reviews, we want to buy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But he's got some great stuff, high-quality videos, and family-friendly. So kudos to, and Kalbunga to him. And kudos in Calabunga to BJ Hahn, a friend of the show, very dear friend of the show. Check out her her awesome commission work. She's a wonderfully gifted artist and big Turtles fan. Uh, She has a page. It's facebook.com slash oodlesofdoodlesbybj, and that's B-E-E-J-A-Y. Excellent stuff there. And last but not least, we are proud partners of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. dot com, and class. We're proud partners with the Retro Gaming Times magazine, which the URL is classicplastic.net dot net slash trt. So, I guess that's it for stuff. Um, for the links, I I think. Do you have any announcements, Josh? Is anything going on with you? Uh,
0: no. The only thing. No, not really. Um, I want to announce something, but I kind of I'm kind of hesitant to do so. So, but.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Off the record, what is
0: it? Uh, it's just that uh that action figure uh guide that I've been writing. Uh, oh, cool. I'm cool. Relatively close to finishing it. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I've got like, I think I've got like twelve figures left to review. That long, man. Yeah. No, and then write a little bit about like I, I don't. Re- I'm really debating. See, this is my big debate right here is i've got all the basic figures that's that's it's just the basics is the screw it uh i got the, the book i'm writing is called just the basics and it's all of the basic figures from the 88 to 1996 or 1997 playmates ninja turtles line which they only made original figures all the way up until 1994 and then it was just variants variants upon variants upon variants and of the same like six figures like there was variants for like the turtles, April, Shredder and a couple of Bebop and Rocksteady variants but not many. And uh I completely forgot that there are figures, original figures from movie th- from the third movie. I mean there's Water oh, yeah, the uh, the Shogun Lord, uh, Mitsu and a couple and Kenshin and a couple of uh, different samurai soldier figures. But I just don't really consider the movie figures to be like part of like I didn't write about Super Shredder because that's movies and Token Razor I wrote about even though because they were part of the second movie series of figures technically but they were in the cartoon Mm -hmm. and none of these other guys were and also I just kind of don't want to buy them I just (laughs) I just don't have the same like necessity to, to acquire them like I did with all the other figures. This is my big debate. It's like, should I get those figures? I mean, there's six, there's seven of them, and I found them. They're pretty cheap on eBay. Knock
2: mm-hmm.
0: It's like, should I get them, because, even though I don't really want them?
2: <laughs> yeah. well, here's my advice to you. Yes. Yeah? Oh, <laughs> yes, because up. I know you, Josh, and I know there's some part of you that's like, I got to complete it.
0: It's just going to nag on me, yeah, because yep. even though I don't – I mean, I just don't really cons- – because they don't – They just don't fit. They don't look like they fit. You know, it's just kind of like, eh, I have need to get them, you know, because my big decision now is like, do I get the new IDW comics that are coming out or do I buy these figures? Because either way, if I get one, I can't get the other for a while, Uh, you know, and with my book, I'm, I'm planning on, I gave myself a deadline of September 1st and it looks like I'm going to beat the deadline. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, so hopefully uh, I'll have it written out by the really the end of July. Really, I should have it finished, but I'm that's aiming. Great, for man, that's exciting. September. Thank you, but I'm aiming for the beginning of September, and my plan is to release it digitally on Amazon, and because I can I can uh, quote my own price for it, and since it's dealing with licensed characters, technically I won't charge anything for it, so that way I can't get sued.
2: Hey, what win win.
0: Where it's kind of like, hey, you didn't ask permission to sell this. It's like, yeah, but I'm selling it for free. <laughs> I don't think I can get you know any kind of uh, crap for that. I'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> I'll find out, man.
2: Yeah, if I don't have a co-host in October, we know why.
0: Yeah, I know, right? So if you if you download it, you're all accomplices to this crime. But <laughs> but since I don't want to, I don't want to ask money for it, and I'm gonna save up some money to do a print version to uh, print out like maybe a dozen or so copies so I can hand them out and like literally hand them out to people.
3: That'd be like, awesome.
0: Like I'm going to like for me, uh, my parents, you and a couple other friends. And you know, that's, that's really what I want to uh, have it out there for. I really just, because like everybody's asking, you know, nowadays just like everybody's just asking, asking for stuff. I want to give something out there and you know, unfortunately this is what i'm giving but you know this is just that's awesome man I've... so like that's the plan and so like my big debate with myself is like i just i can't. there's like seven other figures that i in air quotes need to get but i don't really want them you know just yeah. it's weird it's a weird problem to have it's you know yeah i don't think anybody would begrudge me not including them because like everybody wants to ignore the third movie but like it's really about the history of the character and what that character, what the emphasis of that character was. Like the Mona Lisa review I, retrospective I wrote was all about how it's kind of okay for – it's kind of online. A lot of people pigeonhole her as a girlfriend character. But if you actually take the time to watch the episode she's in, the one episode of the original series, she actually is – kind of, it's kind of an accident her and Raphael kind of take a shine to each other. Like she's got her own mission that she's there on. Mm-hmm. And like people like Baxter Stockman, the tragic history of who that character is, and like all these, and like even the ridiculousness of something like why is there a robot rock steady figure? Why not? Why is there a Terminator Samurai? You know, what I mean, like yeah, that sounds cool, <laughs> but like you kind of re- there is a dude whose mutant power is he put himself in a pizza oven and now he's <laughs> on a peg leg. Wait,
2: wait, Terminator Samurai wasn't he in the 2014 turtle movie?
0: Uh, yeah uh no I'm sorry no, that was, no that was a bad joke that was a swiss army shredder
2: oh
3: that's so, right
0: i got all you. those gotcha. blades man he looked like a todd McFarlane character <laughs> anyway
2: oh we're gonna get some gut for that one, i, think. Oh,
0: I don't care it's oh, come <laughs> on it's ninja turtles come on
2: oh you gotta laugh
0: uh but yeah so that's that's my plan is like by september i'm hoping to have this thing uh out digitally in stores Um. Uh,
2: well that's exciting and and guys yeah i mean and i've been is, writing
0: it for like the better part of a year right now
2: i was about to say this is something you've worked on for a very long time so you know i'm so excited that you, you're you're about done man you, you've you've back got a whooped and we we've all been rooting for you man to, to get <laughs> this done because i know how much it means to you and i'm yeah. excited to read them
0: yeah and i'm i'm A lot of it's on my blog. Like, I'd say a good half of the figure reviews I've done are on my blog. And then eventually I just, I kind of realized that what I was doing was writing for the internet and I didn't want to do that. So I went back to writing it just like, okay, I'm not putting these up until they're all done and then I'll put them up. So I've got a a little bit more than half of them on the actual website, uh, turtletracks.wordpress.com and turtletracksblog.wordpress.com. And so eventually I just kind of said, let me just focus. Let me get these all written because I don't know how many writers have this problem, but like I'll just write something for a little bit and then I'll kind of lose steam and stop. And, you know,
2: Uh, it happens to me all the time. There was
0: like a good month, maybe a month and a half, you know, (laughs) Uh, where I was just kind of like, I don't want to anymore. I'm done. I'm done. There was in between, it was a good thing we had our break when we had it because, like, in that break, I kind of lost the motivation for Ninja Turtle stuff. Like, I was. I was sitting around in my room one day. I was like, why did I do all of this? <laughs> what? Oh,
2: man. Josh, I think everybody feels that way yeah. sometimes. And you, you know, just... you, you, you go through lulls, but if you truly love something, there will always be something that brings you back. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. I look sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, I've got all this stuff. I could have spent this on something else. But then that old fire starts to rekindle, and uh, you can start smelling the pizza again.
0: Yeah. And it was like I was. what What helped me out was my wife. Um. Nicole told me that I was just, I was sitting in here and she kind of knew what I was thinking because I'm, I'm very easy to read. I'm a very transparent guy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's fine. People, people say stuff, people react to that kind of shade to themselves. People that are transparent kind of can't handle that a lot of the times because there's like, they take that as a weakness, but it's just like, no, there's just no BS about you. She's like,
2: no, yeah, and You're that's not putting on a front.
0: And if I can say anything positive about myself, is I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna waste your time. Just like this is kind of what I am, and so my wife sees that I'm uh, really down on myself about sitting in my room that looks like a nine year old decorated it, <laughs> and Mindy. she says, you know, so because she invested as much into all of this as i did but it's it's she did it for me and i did it for myself it was the selfish thing about me that i that i kind of did this you know and action figures is something that i've always loved i've always loved the process of making them and i've always loved the hit like there are no in my opinion i'm sorry there are no better ninja turtle figures than the ones that came out in the early in the late 80s early 90s they have not hit that quality again Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want about any, all the other top tier toy makers, uh, you know, like, you know, like name dropping NECA or three zero or, uh, hero cross or a bunch of other, uh, developers that just make high end collectibles that are way too expensive that are for, and they defend themselves by saying they're for the collector's market when really it shouldn't be for the collectors. It should be for everybody. That's what you should be doing. That's what Playmates did. That's what old Playmates did. Now, new Playmates. I understand they're trying to do like their certain art styles and everything. And like, technical te- from a technical at- standpoint, the figures are better nowadays. But like, they just they're missing the aesthetics because those aesthetics are too expensive nowadays. Because you you can't expect a person to buy a twelve dollar action figure, and a- in instead of asking them to buy a five dollar one.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, and. And I understand that and I respect that. And I understand that that's if you want to stay in business, you have to do that, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the, playmates is sticking to their guns being like, no, we're selling an action figure for five dollars because everybody should have these. That's what I love about them. I kind of mm-hmm. fell out of love with the whole collector's market because they're kind of like, hey, man, this is cool. You know why? Because we made it. It's like that's what collecting is. It's like, wow, to me, playmates put out those figures. For everyone. Yeah, of course. It was to make money. But they didn't have to put in all that. I mean, they could have put out something that looked like a G.I. Joe and just said, hey, sell it. Yeah, nothing wrong with G.I. Joe. Yeah, I mean, I like G.I. Joe, but you want to know why there's a thousand different G.I. Joes from the 1980s? It's because they were so cheap to manufacture, and they were held together on the inside with rubber bands. You know, it's just like – and I understand (laughs) – I understand – how awesome those are to i mean i almost got hooked on gi joe when i was a kid i had a certain amount of gi joes and then ninja turtles just blew my brain in half i loved it <laughs> and i never got over that it it, oh, yeah. it went away for a while and i and i came back to it and i fell back in love with the old stuff because i was like you know what it's never gotten better than this and it's not just ninja turtles either there was you know stone protectors bucky o'hare cowboys and moo mesa street sharks monster force Dick Tracy action figures, Zen the Intergalactic Ninja, Toxic Crusaders, every even companies figures made from companies other than Playmates like Tyco or Hasbro. They all had the same aspect of quality in mind. They might have been at different scales and different articulations, but it all was quality like they all had a standard like quality first. Mm-hmm. And then well they always like in the Turtle Power documentary they said go as big as you can. And then when we realize how unrealistic that is, then you scale it back and back and back right. until it's affordable. <laughs> All right. So what Nicole had said to me was just like you, she knew that she, she knows that I, I have a little bit of a depressive streak in me. So she, uh, she knew that writing was a part of that. And she told me that I, I she told me that I had to finish, uh, I had to finish something. She doesn't care what it is, but she wants me to start and finish something. And she, she, she told me she needed me to do it. And so I figured that this is the easiest thing for me to do at this point was to finish the, uh, the, uh, the reviews or the retrospective book. And, you know, I, I had started it, I had started writing it last year and then I heard that there was a Kickstarter and I mean, I donated to it, but there's a Kickstarter for a dude who made an action figure encyclopedia and even though it was supposed to come out in december and it's june and it still hasn't i mean that's it's coming you know mm-hmm. so somebody else has got it out there and but i was yeah. nicole told me that nobody nobody is has written or is writing something that i am writing right now nobody has done my perspective on things and so she yeah. says that you know if i am if i really am that much of a fan i owe it to myself to do that because if nobody else is going to i might as well Nah. And I thought, yeah, okay, fine. But she she kept telling me to stop being so – to stop beating myself down about all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, it is something that I really do have an adoration for. And it's it, – mm-hmm. it there's a billion things that are worse than it. I mean it, it – you know, it could be anything else that is a negative. It could be, you know, the obvious ones or it could be, I don't know, Biker Mice from Mars. I could say that I love that, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we apologize for our biker mice. Uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> you
0: got no place here. So. But you know, hopefully, hopefully I can get back into the fiction stuff. I, I've, I've still got that story in my head and it's just, it's never going to go anywhere. So I might as well do something with it, but I'm going to restart it. I think so.
2: Hey, Hey, you know, you, you gotta be true to yourself. And I, I completely, um, agree with what Nicole said. And I'm so happy that, you know, y- you're, you're doing it, man. So yeah. if, if, I'm one of your biggest fans, man. I'm rooting for you. So good (laughs) stuff there. But uh, yeah, guys. uh, So you got that to look forward to. Josh is almost done with that. And for me, I've really not got a whole lot going on. Um, I did set up my son's little turtle van. I had it in a box for the longest time. And I guess uh, maybe the dads out there, uh, and you, Josh, maybe you can kind of relate to this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just wonder. It's like, man, why do I have it in a box? (laughs) Well, why don't I just take it out and let the kid play with Mm -hmm. it? And then... So I, I finally just took it off the shelf. And I was like, "Okay, buddy, let, let's play with it," and uh, it's been amazing. Like he's done his own crossovers with PJ Masks in the in the Turtle Van with Donatello. Oh,
0: that's um, too far, dude. <laughs>
2: that crosses the line. No, but it's been great, man. Just seeing seeing um, something that you love that that your kids are kind of uh, into as well. It, it's been it's been amazing. So uh, other than that, just. I moved everything from um, my son's old room to... I'm sorry. I moved my son into the game room, and I moved all this stuff that was in the old game room to the garage and just been organizing my comic collection, and that's it. So, But I'm ready to get back into it. And kind of like with you, Josh, I've been trying to write a little bit more when I can before the baby gets here. And that's it. Just kind of trying to stay busy and, you know, kind of... I'm ready for Turtles again. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. I'm ready to get back to it. So we got a ton of feedback so i will read a couple today maybe we'll listen to a couple and then we were thinking for the next episode we would read the rest because we still got a comic to review so the first one is from a guy named keith mcguffey and apparently he is a host of a show called tune in pod i've actually talked to him a couple times on twitter and i listened to i think the x-men episode that he did uh Phenomenal show! I have really enjoyed the the episode I did listen to, and I got to get caught up on a lot of a lot of old podcasts I used to listen to a lot. So, so here is what he had to say. He reached out and said, "Hi guys, I listened off and on over the last year, and we've had a few interactions through my Twitter account, TuneIn Pod. I want to compliment what a great job you are doing. I've been sharing, picking, cherry picking older episodes based on the thumbnail images, and each one I listen to references an older episode that sounds awesome, and I need to go back and listen to." A wiser man would have just started from the beginning. You guys tap into a super nerd level of existence that I love, (laughs) and I do wish you talked more about the TMNT guides to karate, though. But we did. We actually did. uh, First of all, thank you, man. And we actually did talk about the karate. Oh, it might have been in our 12 Days of Christmas. I think we talked about the karate. Remember we we reviewed one of the, I think it was Sulsen publications. I I didn't
0: do that. You did that. I'm I'm not buying Ninja Turtles Guide to Karate. I'm sorry. Oh, come on! I, no, I'm going to...
2: Oh, you hoser. You, you'll you do it. You'll do that and do a workout video with it. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> will.
2: <laughs> uh... yeah, you would. You yeah, would. Yeah,
0: you know, you know, Michelangelo by way of Jane Fonda. I could probably do that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so he says, I was listening to your episode about issue 12, The Survivalists, and happened oh, yeah. to find an original print at my comic shop that evening and reread it. I had read the issue before through the IDW Color Classic Series and immediately dismissed it. I love the I love a Donatello story. But the boys went for fighting aliens and shredder to rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a grad student makes a nuke that Don knows how to disarm seem like fluff. As I feel most of the guest era of volume one is, and I lump issue twelve in with that era. In fact, issue thirteen is also a Donnie centered story that sees a one time character thrust into a lap of our heroes uh, and a building in Northampton destroyed. Sorry for the spoilers. The guest era can be tedious, but some of the issues set up important threads. Issue 12 sees Don grow to be more of a pacifist and develop a hatred of guns, which will come into play during the city at war. Mm-hmm. Tales of the TMNT 17, etc. I'm excited to hear you guys take your guys' takes on this era of comics, but first I have to go back and listen to your reviews of issues 1 through 11. Have you thought about combining stories across mediums into one podcast episode? Issue thirteen was adapted into season four, episode two of the two thousand three cartoon, and I'd love to hear you guys compare and contrast the two. Feel free to read or omit my rambling email on your podcast as you see fit. Keep up the good work and calabunga. Keith. Man, great idea. Thank you so much for the for the thoughts too. And you know, it's interesting with the filler episodes. You see you see that the writing style between Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, you could see how they are different, but both, I don't know, accompany each other or complement each other so well when they're both together. So it's definitely different. And the non-tell stories, I definitely think Peter Laird had a little something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as combining the issues in with the green screens, I think it's a great idea. If, if there's one that I'll do a little bit more research on some of the comic issues that we, we, uh, we cover yeah. and if there's a cartoon based on it i think that only makes sense to to compare and contrast them like that the, i love that idea the only i
0: like that idea too the only problem with it is it depends on what animated series we're talking about because like when they adapted come because believe it or not they would adapt certain comic book issues in the original animated series but the, the problem with that was they did it over over a couple of episodes you know, it was it was very rare for them to do one and done, which is ironic because almost every episode of that series was one and done with something. And um, when you're dealing with the 2003 episodes, uh, from what I've noticed, all of the issues that they directly adapt are issues that everybody's already read, everybody knows about them, and we've already talked about them on the episode on the show. You're like that's true. virtually everything they do with Northampton, and then 2012 they just kind of did their version of it you know and but that's a really cool idea but like if if you think that it's kind of ridiculous that they were fighting the triceratons in issue five and then in issue six they're fighting rednecks that's pretty much all of ninja turtles (laughs) the great thing about ninja turtles and i'm not begrudging your opinion i think it's great i think that's a good observation that nobody really talks about but like the, uh, just like how the variety of who their adversary is, is kind of ridiculous. Like they just they have like the Kellogg's variety pack of villains where they're one issue they're fighting aliens and the next they're fighting, you know, the red states mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, <laughs> and that but that's the great part of the Ninja Turtles is that you can kind of do anything with them. It just works. Oh yeah, you know.
2: It just works. You can fit them in, in just about every medium. I mean, we're seeing that with Batman right now. We were just talking about how we could possibly even do a Superman crossover. Yeah. Uh boy, it'd be fun. So, you know, some great great stuff that the turtles you, you got to admire the flexibility um the the flexibility for writing, yeah. I should say. Uh, that the genre includes so yep. so thank you so much keith for the email man keep them coming and uh dude i, I know he posted a he-man episode not too long ago i got to listen to that so excellent excellent show again his show is called tune in pod so check that out um man for the sake of time do you wanna just do brian's voicemail and then save rob v's for next okay next yeah. week okay all right guys and we also got a phone call from brian um and we do have other messages um, I know Rob V did one, Baxter did one. Unfortunately, we're, we're running a little low on time, so we'll play those messages on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. We have not forgot about you guys, and we apologize for this. But, uh, yeah, all. we... we... <laughs> no way, no way. So we're going to listen to Brian. And the reason I chose Brian today is because I think he fires a shot or two at Josh, and I want to hear his reaction. <laughs> I think so. I'm just assuming so. Uh, Brian. Yeah, of course he
0: does. It's <laughs> Brian.
2: So this... this phone call is in regards to um the last issue that we we discussed which was i think issue 11 or issue 12 of volume 4 yeah
0: it was the survivalist issue
2: well that no that was the one before but remember the splinter's funeral
0: oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah
2: yeah that that was in volume 4 was that issue 11 i can't remember 11 or 12 head, it's but,
0: somewhere in there yeah
2: yeah, it's basically, in that issue, we find out that, that Splinter has has suffered a heart attack, and they have a whole forum, and a lot of the kind of characters from the Turtles universe, they show up for the funeral, it's a pretty touching issue, uh, pretty sad issue, so I, I called out Brian, and I said, hey man, I'd love to hear your opinion of this issue, the funeral and everything, and uh, so that's what he's calling about. Well, maybe funeral. you'd love to hear it, but... Oh, <laughs> take off, take off. The turtle con. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come
1: in. Hey, guys. It's Brian from Utah. Just wanted to give you a little bit of background before I just go total fanboy on you about the uh, funeral <laughs> issue of Volume 4. Um, I'm just a ton older than you guys. I remember when dirt was invented, and it was actually my fault <laughs> that the dinosaurs went extinct, but... Um, I was in sixth grade when the uh, cartoon came out, and I had to explain to my friends that no, I wasn't into some dumb kid's cartoon, right? (laughs) That wasn't the real nature. uh... I had been reading the black and white comic book since issue seven or eight. Oh, God, he's one of those guys. Oh, stop it, And I still remember getting that newsletter about the upcoming live-action movie, and that was awesome, except where they used the cartoon influences. (laughs) Mirage uh, Ninja <laughs> Turtles, of course, will always oh, Ryan, be love you. God, this guy. TMNT for me. But that said, I can um, also accept change as long as it's in the...
0: Doesn't it's sound the- like you can accept change.
1: <laughs> That's why I really love the 2007 CGI movie. It's probably the best one outside oh. of the 1990 live action. Funny you should that And also that the 2003 uh, cartoon was awesome, except for that fast-forward uh, uh, season... Which we can all just please forget that it ever even happened, right? Also, <laughs> Kevin Eastman's coming to Salt Lake in a week. So, that's awesome, suckers. So, um, also, got to get a jab in please, on please Josh. The only thing worse than Power Rangers is Beetleborgs, right? Uh, oh! So, in 2017, yeah. our house burned down to the ground. We lost everything. We didn't even ah. have insurance, so we really had to just rebuild our lives from scratch. Damn. As a part of that, I wanted to rebuild my old Team and T collection, which got me into rereading again Volume Four. You know, it's been a long time since they haven't had any new issues, and then I discovered your podcast. Oh and, wow! And uh, my goodness, Volume Four is more expensive than Volume One, right? Except for those first three issues of Volume One, right? And, uh, yeah. And I've been rebuying them, except for issue twenty-nine and thirty of Volume Four. It's just way too expensive. And then rereading them. My enjoyment of the series and how good it really is makes me hope that Peter Laird will come back and finish it. Yeah, I've I've got
0: something to say about that. As
1: you get further into Volume 4, you guys really need to work in the two side stories, Donatello Brain Thief and Michelangelo Third Kind, which are directly tied to the events of Volume 4. In fact, uh, Mm. Donatello Brain Thief is tied directly to the events connected to the nanobots in April. Oh. Now, Splinter's Death, I hate to provide spoilers for a decade-old story, um, but the progression and the reveal of what's really going on is really awesome. Uh, Peter Laird really just has to return to Volume 4 if for no other reason to finish this one plot point. Even if it ends, it's not as great as we'd hope, but... but...
2: Okay, so now for Part 2.
1: Hey, sorry for the first message, but... Uh, I wanted to continue on with the idea of what's really going on with this Volume 4 and how Peter Laird needs to finish this. In um, the letters pages in Issue 12, the next issue, Peter Laird says that Splinter's death is the result of a natural evolution of his storytelling process and not something he planned when he first started. And then we go to uh, the letters pages in Issue number 13. Peter Laird uh, lists every one of the uh, mourners at the funeral. And also in another letter on that same issue, number 13, Peter Laird says that, quote, that really was him, speaking about Splinter, and he really died. Okay, that really was him, and he really died. Now, (laughs) is that a Obi-Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view kind of answer? Now, without spoiling, it's not your typical comic book cop-out. The reappearance of Splinter later on is done really well. And in a way that is pretty mind blowing in my opinion. So Josh's reaction based on incomplete information, you know not reading ahead, is understandable, but since I've read ahead, I I, I don't think it's really a fair reaction. <laughs> Shredder's been dead <laughs> since issue one. Peter has no problem
0: Can you pause this real quick and
1: leaving them? Dead. Oh sure, sure. Okay. Okay. Pause.
0: Okay. He's saying that my reaction to it I'm sorry. And I'm I'm saying this to you, Rob. I don't remember what my reaction was because it was too <laughs> ago. It was too long ago. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I don't remember. You know, I just I remember that. Okay, Splinter died, and I kind of think, and I don't know. My guess is that Donatella was planning on cloning him because that's gross, um, <laughs> and I don't like that. I'm I'm sorry. And if this is mirroring my old uh, reaction to a couple of months ago, I, I I'm sorry. I still don't like it. I, I think that splinters let people die i'm so tired of comics people die let them die you know and just come well
2: out. it sounds well it's, uh, I don't, it's very ambiguous what he's saying like yeah. it sounds like he does come back but in a way that's not necessarily a cop-out or a cloning way yeah. but it, boy it sure see it they sure do tease it don't they? do,
0: do you know uh how no oh, i don't. You don't know okay
2: no, no, no. I, I've purposely, and I know some people might say it's laziness, but it's not. It's intentionally. Okay, maybe I'm intentionally being lazy because I want to learn as I'm reading it. I don't want to know the big picture now. Unfortunately, I did read spoilers. I know what happens in Volume One, but Volume Four, I'm reading it as I go, so that way when we review it, it's fresh. It's just immediate first impression reactions. Okay.
0: Um, what do you mean? So I. What do you mean? What happens in Volume One?
2: I've read ahead. I know I know what happens at City at War, which I've not actually read the issues yet, but I know what happens. Oh, I oh, dude. You know what I'm saying?
0: City at War is so good. Just it's great. Yeah.
2: It's great. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I just kind of went down this rabbit hole one time. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you know, I mean, I read I if it makes you feel any better, I stopped at issue 11 and then I read City at War because that's what's available because I'm not going out and buying issues 12 through whatever to get issues 12 through 49, well, really 47, because a lot of them get expensive. There's not a lot of them out there anymore. They're hard to find, and the, the reason they're hard to find is because they're expensive and people aren't going to sell them. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, I just, that's why the image books, I'm so excited about the image books, because the image books are expensive.
2: Yeah, yeah they, they sure really are. are.
0: Yeah. But anyway, let's. I'm sorry. I, I I was just curious about that. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah no, I'm no, sorry, no, Brian. No. I have no idea what my reaction to probably it was probably me being probably yeah probably me being honest and being like i just don't like that they're going to bring splinter they're advertising in the issue that he died that he'll be back and that is bs to me so i don't care how well it's done they shouldn't have done that
2: oh interesting see
0: well, okay, let's finish let's, his I'm sorry, to say I, again, it's okay. my
2: fault, okay. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. Okay, so I'll go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two, Evelyn, one, click. click.
1: Now, this storyline actually links to several storylines from the 2003 cartoon series. Now, if you look at Renee, Renette's comments on page 25, you'll see there's a long-term plan going on. Is it the real Splinter? Yes. Is there a clone of Splinter later? Yes. Is it the Splinter that raised the turtles? Read on, guys. Read on. What? Radicals from Tales, of uh, uh, TMT Volume One, Number Five, and reappeared again in the regular series, Volume One, Number 27.
0: did Didn't he just say he wasn't going to spoil anything story for us? The
1: past pages is part. Of, and I'm sorry, in the last pages of this issue is part of a story arc linked to Splinter as well. Okay. Uh, I really like how Peter Laird tells these stories. They aren't like Marvel or DC yeah. where stories are all wrapped up in time to, to trade paperback, right? Real life takes time to have events take place. Peter Laird lays a foundation and doesn't force himself to wrap things up unnaturally fast. Peter Laird's mm-hmm. writing and Jim's art are a great break for mainstream comics. Thanks, guys.
2: Talk to you later. Uh, Brian, I could not agree more with I'm, – I'm so glad you brought up Jim's artwork. I know I gush over Jim Lawson all the time But it, it's true, man but There's a I, reason
0: I for that Yeah,
2: Exactly, I'm not trying to you know, Just because I've talked to the guy um, a lot in the last couple of years I, I grew up reading Volume 4 When I was, I guess, a late teenager And I fell in love with the artwork Before I even knew who Jim Lawson was And I've read some of the feedback And I've read some stuff on the Technodrome forums Of people bashing his artwork And I don't It's not for everybody I get that um, you, you compare it with some of the other uh, turtle artists, and maybe it's not as uh, realistic. It's a little bit more on the cartoony side with 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 some stuff.
0: Yeah, dare but, we say it's comic booky? Yeah, you know? that, well,
2: that's what I was going to say. But it's a yeah. comic book. You know how realistic do we want this to look? But I, I don't know. That's a, that's another rant for another day. But I, all I can say is, I'm just glad that Brian agrees about the the artwork. I, I think jim lawson can convey emotions so well in yeah. volume four and volume four is my favorite volume i mean out of all five volume four is just i like the pace of it i like the storytelling and i would love to, to go back to what you're saying about Pierre lair coming back i would love for him to come back and rewrite or finish the series because i love his storytelling um i just I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think it may be – I'll never say never. I think maybe he will one day, but I just don't think it's going to be in the next five, ten years. I just don't
0: – See, this is where you and I kind of disagree a little bit.
2: Sure. Go, go ahead.
0: Because of because of a couple things that we promised we wouldn't mention on the show, so I won't. Yeah. But like – okay, look at it this way. Last year, you and I had a discussion. I don't even think it was on a podcast. You and I were just uh, BSing one day. And you would ask me, "Do I think uh, Volume Three will ever be finished?" And I said, "Yeah, I really do," uh, because there's You a mean, the
2: image th- stuff. Volume
0: yeah, three. the image stuff. Volume Three. Yeah. And um, it was because I just there's a market for it. People do want that, despite people saying how much they think it's terrible. People really do want that. They want to know what happens next. And so, and then a year later, it was announced that not only is IDW republishing in full color. Uh, the image books, but they also got in contact with the original writers and they're going to finish their storyline. So they stopped issue 32 because, or I think it's 32 because the book was canceled. And so now they're going to truncate the original end for good or bad. We don't know yet. We'll know in a couple of years, but uh, for better or worse, they are going to finish the image Mm storyline. The fact that they can do that, the fact that they can reprint the Archie stuff the fact that they can get body count in a hardcover and yeah, really that, that's huge it makes me believe i am of the belief that one day image or uh, idw will reprint the tmnt volume 4 run they might even finish it but it won't be with peter laird because in my opinion peter laird is just done with ninja turtles He's done contributing to Ninja Turtles. He's always going to be associated with it. Always will. He's just not in the spotlight like Kevin Eastman is because that's just not who that guy is. He's just not a spotlight guy, you know, from what I've noticed. I don't know the man. I've never talked to him, but everything I've seen about the guy, he just he does not do that. He doesn't want to. But I don't. But, but to your uh, to what Brian was saying. Yeah, Peter Laird is a good storyteller, but at the end of the day, he just kind of decided not to finish a story. You know, yeah, sure, he's a really good storyteller. He's a good, he's really good at slow burn, long drawn out process, a long form storyline. But my opinion, based on what I've seen, I don't know, but it's my opinion that he just decided I'm kind of done. I don't want to do yeah. this anymore. that's my
2: fear yeah Yeah. so
0: so yeah he is a good storyteller but he just he didn't finish what he wanted to start he didn't he didn't finish what he started
2: i mean i guess that's my fear i think that's a possibility that he might never go back i i hate to say that but i think it's a possibility um i also think just the fact that he does have creative freedom that at least he has that option to go back and there is an audience there will be people that buy that book yeah i would hate i guess my biggest fear though my biggest fear would be that someone else finishes volume 4. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that to happen. That was Pierre Laird's baby. He got so far. He laid this 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 groundwork here, and I just feel like it would be a disservice to everybody who was so invested in the series if it wasn't him who finished it. Unless it was Jim uh, Lawson. Th- uh, Unless Lawson finished it because he worked so closely with oh, him. Oh, he
0: he he was the reason that book got started. You know, not not started, but like yeah. the reason that book exists is in my opinion it's mostly because of him.
2: Yeah, I mean there were other great guys. Uh, uh, I mean they
0: worked Eric Talbot. Yeah, but yeah. but those two Peter Laird and Jim Lawson worked so closely together on every seemingly every single aspect of that book. There would be no Volume 4 without Jim Lawson. Mm-hmm. If so, what well, see here's the thing yeah. though
2: here's the thing it would have to be like greenlit by Peter Laird. Though. Oh yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying
0: Yeah, well that's part of the that was part of the Viacom acquisition of Ninja Turtles deal. Peter yeah. Laird has the ability, he has the right to publish 14 issues a year under the Mirage banner. He's only do he's only not doing it because he doesn't want to do it. But mm-hmm. if Jim Lawson I it, it's my belief that if it gets finished, when it gets finished, it will be because of Jim Lawson.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, and can I say something to add on to that real quick? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm uh, just saying, and this is one thing I think we can say, Jim Lawson certainly would love to do it. I was
0: just going to say that, yeah. yeah. We know that Lawson has made at least an inquiry about Volume 4. He he is interested in Volume 4 because he wants to do – the reason he does Kickstarters, he draws Kickstarters for, like, Andrew Modine, is because he still wants to work on Turtles. He still loves the he Turtles. He loves yeah. Turtles, man. I mean, like, these guys, man, I mean, they are talking heads to a lot of people, but Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Jim Lawson, Eric Talbot, Dan Berger, all these guys, they are so invested in Ninja Turtles still to this day because they love it.
2: They love, yeah, yeah. They're fans just as well as creators. Yeah, and you know,
0: and I love those guys for that because it's just it it wouldn't be here without. I mean, like I I, I've made the argument that Ninja Turtles would not be here without Jim Lawson. You know, because like Uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman are they created it, but Jim Lawson kind of carried it for a long time. uh, You know,
2: think about it. Think about he did Volume Two all himself or just about it, and then he drew and wrote, he drew most, if, yeah, most of Volume 4, and he wrote and drew most of the Tales of the TMNT, Volume 2, and he drew some of the Volume 1 Tales of the TMNT. I mean, he is a huge cornerstone. He's not, he's not an original creator, but like you said, he took the ball and ran with it a lot. I think he he deserves to be in the top five. I mean, like,
0: he created the Rat King, arguably the greatest Ninja Turtles villain. Yeah.
2: All right, let, let me ask you this. Yeah. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore of Turtle comic creators?
0: Uh, Kevin Eastman.
2: Peter Laird, e- of course.
0: Kevin, well... Mm. What? I Man, you know, just for how much he's kept with it, I think Kevin Eastman is just a little bit more important than Peter Laird.
2: Well, I didn't, I didn't say that, but I, I what I'm saying is, like, I think Peter Laird deserves to be there.
0: But if I had to ch- oh, Yeah, he does, but if... Okay, so Mount Rushmore, four people, right? I only can choose yeah. four. Yeah, if I, I, I that means I to me that means I have to choose between Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. I'm gonna choose Kevin Eastman. Wow. Yeah, it's just no kidding. Just for the fact that through it all, thick, thin, good, bad, negative, positive, Kevin Eastman has stuck with it. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's like he's like the Professor X of the X Men. He he is well, okay. Peter Laird's Professor X, but this dude's Wolverine. <laughs> you know, like Wolverine's always there, whether you like Wolverine or not. Wolverine is always involved with the X Men.
2: Yeah, but you got to think there was a big t- a chunk of time in the '90s too, uh, late '90s, and and of course, 2000. The gosh, what? Told 2009. Yeah, that that was all Peter Laird there, you know. And yeah, he, but he, how much
0: how much of it was Jim Lawson and no Peter Laird?
2: Well, Peter Laird wrote the stories.
0: Peter or Jim Lawson came up with the whole of Volume Two. You know. Oh no,
2: no I'm with you. I, I, I know that, but I'm talking about Volume Four.
0: Well, I'm not talking about Volume Four. I'm talking about everything.
2: Sure, sure. But I'm just saying, like, you know, Peter Laird was obviously very heavily involved in volume one, of course. He created it with 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 Gavin. And then he carried the ball a lot with the some of the individual issues until he they both took a hiatus. uh, Mm hmm. but, to if we're, pursue other projects.
0: but if we're talking about time spent with the Turtles, and again, I mean, I don't...
2: Oh, sure, sure. But we're just we're talking, talking about, specifically time, if, but I'm talking about influence, too.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, hold on one second. But if we're talking about time spent on the Ninja Turtles, as much time as Kevin Eastman spent away from the Turtles, so did Peter East, uh, Peter Laird. They, they were... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were at different times, but like, you know, throughout the whole of the 90s, really, Peter Laird didn't really... Seemingly, I don't know everything. From what I've noticed, Peter Laird was just kinda like, Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. And then Kevin Eastman really went for it while doing heavy metal and all this other stuff. And then in the two thousands, Kevin Eastman kinda stepped away from it and Peter Laird came up and started doing, Okay, well, if I were to come back, I would tell the story of these older turtles and now he's going on with the the comics again. But like in the middle they were mostly in in the nineties they were mostly involved with the media the multimedia side of it. The animated series, the live action series, the movies, all the merchandising stuff. I mean, they still had at the time they had a lot of influence on merchandise. Let's not forget yeah. that. That's really yeah. and I can't blame them. That's why they had the staff of mm-hmm. Jim Lawson and all this stuff, because they knew early they were going to end up doing all this other stuff.
2: Yeah. So, well it's... I guess I guess to rephrase my question, like Specifically talk about the comics, though. Okay. Like, who, who do you think would be the most influential guys on your mountain Rushmore?
0: Kevin Eastman, because he was the initial concept creator of the Turtles. He was the one that drew the sketch first and said, hey, mm-hmm. Peter, look at this. Okay. If it wasn't for Kevin Eastman that one day saying, uh, look at this, Peter, we never would have gotten Turtles. Ah. Interesting, you know, interesting. It's, and it, to me, it, to me, it's just Kevin Eastman just places a little bit higher on the scale. Sure. And and you know what? In 10 years, I might feel differently. You know,
2: that right. Yeah. We got to play the whole tape through right now. You know, you know we're just seeing one's one side of it, because you
0: know, one but... thing I feel like this also, I, I want to say this also, Brian from Utah. It's almost as if all was just <laughs> objective,
2: you know, it's,
0: it's, it's almost <laughs> as if there is no one opinion.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but anyway, <laughs> That's say, You know what's fo- so funny? It's you and Brian are so similar. Yeah. Yet you guys have the absolute yeah. opposite opinions about this. Yeah, I love great. the
0: guy, but I'll kick his. You know, but whatever. <laughs> but you know, okay, like. Okay, so who said, are the other three? You, hosier. okay, so Kevin Eastman, uh, Tom Waltz. Uh huh. Was... Yeah. Well, you know what? Not Tom Waltz. Mattias Santaluco. What? Yeah, right, because right. I love Tom Arch- Tom Waltz's writing, but it was Mattias's art that got me interested in the book. Okay. That that is when I think of volume five of the Ninja Turtles, I think of Mattia Santaluco's artwork. Yeah. That's the first thing that pops in my head. I love what he did. He made his version of the Ninja Turtles. And now all I want to see is an animated series with that art style. You know, that's it. You know, um, then let's see, Jim Lawson and probably um um. Oh God, I just forgot his name. Rob Paulson.
2: Well, what, no, you know? no what, I'm talking about specifically. Comics. Oh, comics,
0: yeah. comics. I'm sorry. Okay, so Kevin Eastman, Mattia Santaluco, uh, uh, Jim Lawson, and Eric Larson. Oh,
2: okay. All right. Yeah. Eric
3: Larson, the artist
0: from Volume Three. Yeah. yeah, because I am kind of an underdog guy. You know, sure. I, I like I like people that everybody just kind of writes off and that's why you and I are friends yeah exactly (laughs) we recognize a bad thing when we both suck (laughs) I can make that better
3: Uh Uh, but
0: like everybody wants to write off volume 3 well I was
2: gonna mention somebody from volume 3 yeah
0: Yeah. but like for two reasons everyone wants to write it off because oh it's different and Peter Laird says it doesn't count that's Mm -hmm. why everybody in my opinion that's why everybody writes off volume 3 it looks different and Peter Laird told them to (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, because... we are throwing some stuff I'll tell you what guys I'd love to hear here's a question of the episode right here <laughs> who is how on wrong is Josh? how wrong is Josh no they, well they already know that uh, 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 who's on your turtle, uh, Ninja Turtles comic Mount Rush for we're just yeah. talking about the comics it could be writers artists letters it doesn't matter you know but who are the most influential comic contributors for the Ninja Turtles I'd love to hear your top four um, for me man I I How do you not put Peter Laird up there? You got to put Peter Laird yeah. up there. Yeah, but that's just me. You know, we're different. Yeah, no,
0: that's, that's cool. I, 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 I'm glad that we – the great thing about all this is that we have differences of opinions.
2: Yeah, and I still don't hate you.
0: Yeah, and that you're nice oh, I mean, not for it, this at least. You know, <laughs> that you're nice about it, Brian from Utah. <laughs> sure, it's all – Oh, he's you great. Can say whatever you want on your phone all the way over the other side of America. But uh, You
2: can say whatever you want on your podcast, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I can do that too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, so yeah, definitely Kevin and Peter. I mean, that's, that's, so that's to me a given, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, those last two, you've only got four spots. It's hard. I would go with Jim Lawson, uh, for his writing and his art style. Yeah. And the fact that he was so involved in Mirage, um, consistently and still wants to be involved. The fourth spot's hard because I go back and forth between two guys. I go Gary Carlson from, you know, um, Image. Mm-hmm. Or Steve Murphy from Adventures.
0: Oh you know, man, Dean D- sure. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. I'm thinking about Ryan Brown right now. Oh it's...
2: yeah. There's another one. I know. I know. Oh. But if you only had four, I I I lean towards Steve Murphy because yeah. he also played a big part in Volume Four as well, and did so much with so much with Tales mm-hmm. and Volume Four, and of course he is the heart of the Adventure series. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Murphy and um. Ken Matroni, I think, are like the icons of that series for me. So
0: can I change one? Because you you changed my mind.
2: Okay, go ahead.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Gary, I'm gonna say Gary Carlson for Volume Three because yeah, I know uh, Eric Larson kind of got the ball rolling on that, but Gary Carlson was the writer of it. So I got to get yeah. to him.
2: As yeah. crazy as it is, yes. Yeah. So
0: I mean, they went for it, man. They. Re- yeah. I mean, the biggest the biggest drawback to that comic so far that I've noticed is that it should have always been in color. Because you,
2: oh, I agree. They were yeah, so visually
0: that. busy that black and white just made it look like a mess yeah. when it really isn't.
2: Yes, you're right. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. I think we're seeing, and we'll get into this more in a minute. But I think this was the way it was always meant to be. seen. Yeah. this is so much more, so much less convoluted. Um,
0: I think the black and white th- in it was a late decision that they said, you know what would be really cool, you know, and we, yeah, and we can sure. just say that we're harking back. Yeah, Yeah. it's cheaper, and we can just tell people that we're harkening back to the '80s when this first came out, and that'll get that'll get older fans back over here. Sure, yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean it's a smart strategy. Yeah, Yeah. I agree.
0: But no, I but but I'm not throwing Peter Laird under the bus. I understand. No, I know that. No, he is instrumental to my childhood. You know, you know, and, and it it really it really was like Kevin Eastman thought of all the action and the fun stuff, and. Peter Laird really thought of the heart and the soul that went into the Mm -hmm. the Turtles.
2: Yeah. Oh, I I agree with that. You know... And, you know, we were just... I know specifically comics, but both creators, Kevin and Pete, they... I mean they had their hands in everything. Yeah. They they really did. Uh but you know, for just for the sake of fun and argument, we'll we'll leave the question up to our listeners just for comics, you know. Yeah. Who's on your Mount Rushmore?
0: And just so, you know, real quickly, man, I will I want to tell listeners this and and you and everybody else whoever, you know, and if any potential uh writers or artists ever listen to this, Oh you know, yeah. I will never say that I could do it better than any of these people because obviously that's not the case you know and i might not agree with some of the story decisions they made but i will never never call them out on it like you know well you you're terrible at what you're doing you shouldn't well that's ridiculous you know it's just it's even if they make decisions that i don't care for you know it's just it's still a decision they made and you've got to respect that
2: yeah and and you know we're fans we're fans we're just we're we don't know what it's like to do what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these days, I would love to write a comic. That's one of my dreams in life. But yeah. right now, I don't have the place to, to criticize anyone's storytelling. Yeah. Is it for me? Maybe not. Some things. But uh, I think it's so disrespectful to just be like, this is trash. Did you spend hours and hours rewriting and rewriting dra- drafts? Did you spend hours drawing one single panel of a comic book? No. Yeah. So just you got to – you can have an opinion – but you also have to some have to have some logic and some respect in delivering that opinion. Yeah. You know. Or else, you know, it just uh, to me, I think it takes all the credibility away from your opinion.
0: Yeah. So. And also I don't know. You know, like I mean like with Peter Laird, man, like with the crazy stuff that he did with April in volume 4, you know, it's Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you you know what he did with April? You know, you...
2: uh I've heard I've heard. Yeah. Um let me just put it this way. It, it bugs me.
0: Oh dude. <laughs> it's it's crazy, <laughs> right? Like Like what, what, what happened when you find out who April actually is, like why she is the way she is, man, it's just, that's a lot, that takes a lot of backbone, man. I mean, just to take one care to say that this character that you've known for at the time, like 20 something years has not been what you thought she was. That's Uh,
2: takes a lot of,
0: because you're finding it out when she finds it out too. Yeah. spoilers here but to find out that she's just a drawing brought to life you know, mm-hmm. really? that's that's crazy but the thing that saves it is she finds out about it the same time the reader does it's not like mm-hmm. it was this long harbored secret that she kept from everybody for 20 years you know it's it's crazy and you've got to respect it I couldn't even have thought of that you know that's, that's what Peter Laird does there's the obvious stories, there's the obvious story hooks that you could do like boom explosion, chopped off heads, whatever.
2: Which we'll get to.
0: Yeah, we will get to. The beauty of Peter Laird is holy crap, he thought of the other way to do it that nobody else has. Yeah. You know? That's
2: why yeah, that's why I think he's got to be on my Mount Rushmore and I'll I'll shut up with that. I just think that he's so different than a lot of the other writers that that handled the turtles Mm -hmm. and it's it's refreshing to get a little bit of everything you know from peter from kevin from jim from uh steve murphy i mean you get a lot of different types of writing style and and writing purpose in these volumes that just make the ninja turtles so unique and the great thing is like you mentioned before most of them if not all of them still love the turtles and still want to be part of the series yeah and i and um you know, another one I want to – I wanted to – I don't know if I put Tom Waltz on my Mount rush. No, me. you didn't. He's he's another one that I think should be up there, but you only got four slots. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I mean like – He's he's building that foundation right now. I mean I think 10 years from now if – who knows? Maybe even IDW will still be going then. But 10 years from now, we're, we're going to be talking about this, and I, I feel like it's almost unfair not to put him up there.
0: Well, that's why I put – I mean one, one guy. That's why I put Mattius up there.
2: Well, see, but see, but the, the reason I would put Tom over—not Th- um, Thaddeus—is <laughs> uh, he was there since the beginning. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was there since the very beginning of the volume. He's still doing it, and it still seems fresh. And I know Kevin Eastman's helped him with the story, and Bobby Cornell and and company. But Tom Waltz is the face of Volume Five. Yeah.
0: I and mean, he puts in and
2: how often is that he
0: puts in the work, man? He puts in a lot of research and really does his really does his job well, but just like for me, like even reading and recognizing how good uh Tom waltz was when I was reading the initial volume five i just I just wasn't getting into it and oh, and then man. so I just put it down for a year, maybe even two. And then I was in a comic book shop or I was on Amazon and I saw, I was on the Kindle store or something. I can't remember where initially I got another turtles comic, but it was just Mattias's art style. That was like, if for nothing else, I want to buy it and see what, how this guy designs everything. And, and that's what got me into it. And, uh, what it was, the storyline that got me into volume five was city fall. You know, I was like, Ah, which is yeah, crazy. which is yeah. great, and and when you read City Fall, it is kind of unfair to ignore everything that came before it because they planted those seeds during the first what twenty two issues, and then issue twenty three was City Fall, I think it was. It was yeah. in the twenties, I think. Seeing the seeds planted when I went back and read it, it's like okay, well, I get it now, but I needed that hook of somebody's somebody's art style because at the time. Oh, I understand. At the time, I just didn't care for Dan Duncan's stuff, mm-hmm. and then now rereading it, I really get what he was going for, and I really love it. You know, so and you know, with the realization of it, you try to redesign the Ninja Turtles again, it's hard. It's like designing a new <laughs> Spider-Man costume or a new Batman costume. So many have been done; it's almost impossible.
2: But to the Tom Waltz is credit. Yeah, like I was hooked right away when they brought up the reincarnation bit. Wow, that's
0: never been. That was before. crazy.
2: Yeah. At least with the turtles, I was like, so, and and he's kept me ever since then. I mean, I I just am so blown away. So I'm gonna have to change my answer. I hate doing that, but um, Kevin, Pete, Tom Waltz, Jim Lawson would be my top four. Yeah. Honorary mentions, definitely Steve Murphy. Um, who was the other one? I there was another one. Gary on awesome. Coleman. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Volume three. I mean, you know, honorary mentions there. But if you can only yeah. pick four, I think those guys are the the top four most influential writers and creators of the Turtles comics as we know them. So, wow. So, man, Brian, thank you so much for that. Uh, that was, and I, I'm not being facetious. Thank you so much for that. That yeah. awesome feedback. Um, we love you, man. You're a great well, thank you stable.
0: Thank you for two voicemails telling me that I'm – you're trying to tell me I'm wrong again. Yes,
2: right? I love – that's what I love about you, Brian.
0: <laughs> I think, man, you're wrong about me being wrong. I'm sorry.
2: Well, I agree with as everything he said. It's
0: almost as if opinions are subjective. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. He's great. I love it. Oh, I
0: don't like the cartoon. Not the <sighs> oh,
2: I was about to say that. You, Brian, I wish you could have seen Josh's face when oh. uh, you, you mentioned that. Like, oh, oh, okay. oh, how can you like that cartoon stuff? Uh, but, oh, that was great. I it was, was great.
0: sixth grade, man. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were an adult already, right? Were you paying taxes? Oh. oh, okay. Let's move on, you hoser.
3: Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom.
0: Prepare to be schooled. Oh, jeez. God, you're... All right, uh, so...
2: We still got a comic to review, so we'll we'll make this one... I don't want to...
0: Everything blows up in this comic.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. So obviously we're talking about the first issue of Volume 3, which came out in June of 1996, I believe. And this is one I'd love to know. I wish I knew the whole story. I don't know exactly what was going on with Mirage. I don't understand the, the deal that went down in 96 to sell everything over to Image. If, if any of our listeners do know, you know exactly what happened, whose idea it was, um, I would love to hear it. I tried to do some research on it this morning. I just unfortunately ran out of time, and I'm gonna con- I'm gonna look more into it and see if I can find some specific information of why things were sold to Image at the time um, this week. And I'll try to get back to you by by next week's episode about that. But if you know anything in the meantime, you want to write to us, please do. So yeah, June of 1996 is when the image comic debuted, and they certainly went out of their way to make things feel differently. So Gary Carlson was Carlson was the writer of this issue, big big uh, staple in volume three. Uh, Frank Fosco did the art. Um, the ink was done by Eric Larson and Chance Wolf, at least for this Urban Legends copy. Colors were done by Adam Gazowski, which I'm not familiar with a lot of Adam's stuff but I was a little um, surprised that it wasn't Rhonda Patterson. I was a little bit uh, surprised there, but I think...
0: She's beefing enough, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. She does everything with the turtles. But I think Adam did a wonderful job, and I think that's kind of bumped this issue up a notch, in, in my opinion. Letters were done by Chris... Ooh. Iliopoulos, <laughs> And the Chris digital e. series... <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Chris E. And then the original series editor is Eric Larson. So, guys, if you're not aware of this, like I said at the top of the show, IDW is re-releasing these issues, not only digitally, but in print. And I found out just by surprise, my comic book guy just automatically put it in the box for me, and I just happened to see it and was blown away. And then as soon as I finally opened up the comic and saw the color, I said, Ah, this is how it was meant to be read. Yeah. Um, So, man, let's hit the ground running with this. This one... Hits the ground running. Yeah. I mean, it certainly does. The very first page is Donatello. Poor Don. He always gets a short side of the, the, uh, the bow it's staff, bow I'll staff. tell you. Cause, yeah, because he gets a blasted right in the face. Well, his whole body, pretty much. And then page number two, we get this huge battle scene with the turtles and Splinter in the sewers being attacked by two cyborgs. Just typical 90s yeah. buff, details everywhere style. There's three of them Oh, three of them. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I see the guy in the background. And uh the Turtles were having a birthday party for Donatello, it was his eighteenth birthday. And I always kinda of wondered, you know, if they had different birthdays or if they all celebrated well, at the same time. I don't know. It's all a
0: birthday, but it's uh I think the reason we think it's Donatello is because it was just him that answered the door and got shot. But it's uh, okay. it's like it's like the episode of the two thousand twelve series where it was like Happy Mutation Day. So it's <laughs> all of their yeah. birthday. Yeah.
2: That's true. Yeah. So we immediately get this huge, huge fight scene here between the three cyborgs and the turtles, and I mean, it is already—you can tell from the blood you see—this is going to be pretty. This is going to be a pretty graphic yeah. character
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and this is what Image was known for at the time. Like they were the ones that really, it, in a roundabout kind of way, they really stepped up everyone else's game by just saying, "Okay, no, you know, it's comic books. You're, it's it's okay to go crazy with it." You know?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, and Eric Larson, I think, does a phenomenal job um, with the artwork here, um, especially now that I can tell what's going on with this color. Yeah. So, so the colors really enhanced it. You get the great fight scenes with Raph and Leo just, just going to town on these cyborgs, and I think, I think Leo chops one of the cyborgs' arms off, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The victim of it, uh, he goes, you think I'm defeated, fool? Already my cybernetic armor has cauterized the wound and injected painkillers and adrenaline into my bloodstream. you got to love it when they just tell you what, what's happening. I
0: know, that's, that's the comic bookiness <laughs> of it. It's like he, I love you're really going to stop and spend five minutes explaining how your insides work
1: to me. It's like
2: Yeah, you thought you hurt me? Well, funny you bring that up. <laughs> uh, so he just keeps on and on about, um, you know, how advanced his technology and
0: meanwhile, is Leonardo was not cutting up everything else, you know, just, why aren't <laughs> you taking this time to be effective?
2: Exactly. And then you get Raph just going, uh, let me see your fancy, let's see your fancy armor grow you, you a new head. Big mouth cuts his head off. And of course it's not blood, but it's oil just spewing everywhere yes. as the cyborg falls down and you've got the turtles, you know, kind of all joking around, which, I remember when I first read this issue, I thought that was strange that here they've got their brother blasted the bits, yeah. and yet they can still tell jokes while they're fighting. I just thought that was a little strange, and that's kind of a feeling I get still to this day a little that's bit, kind of but it doesn't bother me as yeah, much. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what they do, though.
2: Yeah, but not – I mean, not to that extent. Yeah. I mean, their brother – you know, their brother just – I mean, if it was just a regular fight scene and everyone was healthy and doing okay – I don't think it would bother me as much, but just the fact that they don't even know if Donatello's alive and they're still joking. Yeah,
0: well, the thing of it is, though, is the it would be weird to to me, it would be weird if Leonardo was the one that was joking. It it makes sense that if anyone's going to joke around, it's going to be Raphael and Michelangelo. That's true. I can see that. And really, Raphael, that's just how he's dealing with it right now because he doesn't want to think about Donatello being possibly dead. So he's just going to talk crap to whoever's attacking him.
2: Or maybe that's just your way of rationalizing that.
0: Or maybe raffle, raffleizing that. I don't know. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was like one of my jokes. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, I know that was bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but it, it makes sense that it's those two doing it, though. So
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. It makes doesn't sense. Doesn't
0: make it right, but you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Would you like to describe this this new chick?
0: Uh, yeah, this is another thing an image was known for. <laughs> uh, so there's this, um, it's Renette part two, Renette part two, but at least this one's not 16 years old. So, you know, the, the uh, creep true. factor is not there. Um, yeah. so, and Michelangelo the first one that says, Hey, I get first dibs on that girl. Um,
2: I know. I'm like, Oh geez, Mike. It's
0: always been Michelangelo though. Like even, <laughs> yeah. That always has,
2: you know, like well, even like the uh, the IDW, um, the princess from Planet Neutrino. um, Yeah, he was like the first one to say, "Oh, she's a babe,
0: dude." (laughs) So I get it. I am Mister Steal Your Girl right here. I'm just gonna, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah. So there's this new girl, like clad all in red. Well, not all, but like most. What's the (laughs) part that's covered is all red. Um, and she's got this weird, like, spiked helmet on with this huge topknot ponytail that is, like, 40 feet of hair. And very <laughs> very much 90s comics. I mean, 90s comics is where the cheesecake aspect of comics was kind of invented. She's got uh, Splinter by the throat. And she is saying that I'm a ninja and there will be no honor in killing a drugged opponent. Talking about Splinter, she drugs Splinter. and But she said, I will i will not hesitate to slit his mangy throat if you interfere so she wants to take splinter and donatello um and she's ordering the cyborgs take out the other three ninja turtles and um
2: yeah well what's crazy is do you know who she's bringing them back to
0: no i don't uh, i can't i'm i'm sorry it's been a couple of days since i read this i can't really remember
2: i'm about to blow your mind okay the dragon lord isn't that crazy? This is like a year. A year are you no, sure? I, I, I swear to you, I swear. I'm sorry,
0: to you. you got calabunga me on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> did
2: you did you cuss? Oh, Josh, I did. Geez, now yeah. I gotta edit that out. You hoser.
0: Oh, you um, bunga because it's funny. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin uh, calabunga word for everybody.
2: Uh, I know, I know. Everyone's gonna think of Josh cussing when they hear that word now.
0: It's fine. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I did a little research on that. No, I mean, uh, I, that's like the actual like the
0: actual dragon lord.
2: I don't know if it's the same guy. See, that's the same thing with image for me. Yes. and I lo- I know a lot of our listeners are probably like, you know, hitting themselves like seriously. These guys need to do some research. Well, that's
0: fine. Well, none I, of them read it. Come on, they they. Oh, you they know, did. some none of them did.
2: them did. Oh, take off. Brian Utah
0: didn't read all of of Mirage either. Come on.
2: I don't know. No, no one, Brian, man. I don't know. He no, might I have. I know. I know. Oh, get out of
0: here! I know the so, man that has to be right about everything. Oh, I am such yeah. a man.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you beat you beat me to it. I was gonna say. Uh, so, uh, oh, what was I was it? Oh, so this was written in June of nineteen ninety-six. Right now, Kevin Eastman was—I don't know if he had creative control with Image, but I do know that he played a part in it. Uh, I do know that he obviously wrote Body Count, which was published through Image. So I know he was aware of what Image was doing.
0: If it involved the Turtles, Peter Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman were a part of it, and at at some level they were.
2: Yeah, sure.
3: It was
0: kind of like how much did they want to be involved with it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I I find it interesting that the the Dragon Lord is specifically mentioned in the first issue of Image. Okay. And then a little over a year later when the next mutation came out in the first episode, who's the main villain? Yeah. After Shredder's killed off, it is the Dragon Lord. Uh, It might have completely different designs. I don't know. Actually, you know Uh, what?
0: Speaking of uh, Next Mutation, Shredder wasn't killed off. Shredder comes back. Oh, yeah. That's true. In a later episode. Yeah. I mean, like, he he just doesn't remember being Shredder. Yeah. And and then he meets the Turtles. He's like, wait a minute.
2: (laughs) I I hate you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's set up for the second season that was supposed to happen but never did.
2: Yeah. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. It, it,
0: yeah, it really would, because then you had, like, April and Casey coming back, and blah, 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 all this other, and Rat King was supposed to be, because...
2: Well, Brian, while Brian, uh, oh, that'd have been awesome. While Brian you, petitions, you know, Peter Laird come back to Volume 4, we we petition Kevin Eastman come back to, uh, Next Mutation, there you
0: go. Well, you know what? If, I, <laughs> if Kevin Eastman ever listens to this, please, I will reboot Next Mutation for you, and just completely just go from... You do it for free. Yeah, I would, I, I really would, I... I really, you know, that's another episode, but, you know, like, I really do like The Next Mutation. I really like what they went for. You know, I understand that it was taken away from them in editing, but, you know, I really like what they went for with it. Yeah,
2: yeah, they were ambitious. You, they, you have to
0: give them that. They went a little crazy with the humor side of it, but that was that was also the times, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> what those shows were doing.
2: I know, and isn't that crazy, though, like, the contrast here? Yeah. Just in a year, you've got this crazy stuff happened in an image and then you got the next mutation which is which is a strange era of the teenage mutant journals. Yeah. but in its own way and I, we'll, i'll save my overall review of this issue later but in its own way it's got some charm to it yeah. you know the image books and the uh next mutation so yeah
0: last thing i'll say about that is let's not forget next mutation was also part of saban brand's Mm-hmm. so power rangers Beetleborgs, vr troopers master rider all this other stuff had it's the hard same, to be that different yeah it 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 had the same tones so yeah, yeah. You, you really can't i mean that that was also it all fell under this one umbrella that it had to adhere to this certain style so uh-huh
2: you're right you're yeah. right anyway back so, to
0: the comics. sorry about that
2: no 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 good stuff so um the, uh,
0: the the ninja lady the, is the, named Pamiko,
2: but yeah, Pamika, Pamika. She um and the cyborgs they they leave with Donatello and Splinter in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And poor Donatello, I mean, he is bleeding profusely. Uh, poor guy looks like he's dying. Yeah, there's um,
0: there is not that much blood in your body as much as he's bled out. Oh, just...
2: I know, I know. He looks rough.
0: <laughs> like and your body poor... has like what six liters of blood in it.
2: <laughs> wow. <Well>, yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's definitely um. He's losing it. Poor Splinter, he's been drugged, and they're both held captive in the helicopter. And Donatello, he's like barely conscious. And then that's where we get kind of the the flashback of what happened moments before okay. Donatello was attacked in the first place, which I actually really like this scene. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, the, the mutation party, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, where basically Splinter reveals to them uh, their birthday gift, and it's a bowl of four turtles. Four baby turtles. Four oh, baby turtles. Uh, <laughs> and splitter i i love the message here even though the the turtles are barely paying attention to him he's going this could have been your lives this could have been it and i know some crazy stuff has happened to you over the years but would you trade all that for this kind of life you know th- let this be a constant reminder to you that uh this could have been you and it's
0: kind of a bleak birthday gift, man. Just think, whenever, it kind of
2: is in a way. Whenever
0: you feel like it, complaining, this could have been you. You know. <laughs> now do the dishes and true. eat your vegetables.
2: Yeah, and then he's like, right. And he said, now Donatello, go get that birthday cake. And that's when we see that Donnie was was shot. <laughs> and I love how Donatello's like, oh, are you part of the birthday yeah, surprise? nice. Then he gets shot in the face. <laughs> so as he's, he's thinking all this stuff, he immediately becomes conscious again in the helicopter. And he's <laughs> screaming at one of the cyborgs' faces. Uh, and it's uh, like I, I just almost see those like this cartoony like they're both screaming at each other like, ah oh, what happened? I
0: love that his first reaction, though, is the fact that he punches the cyborg in the face. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like he's going to go to that's, that's the mirage influence there. Like he's going to go down swinging, you know, uh-huh. they're hardcore.
2: And he yeah, he attacks the cyborg in the helicopter. And they actually because of such a fierce attack, they actually fall out of the chopper and into the water uh, while they're, they're Making their way down yeah. from the sky. Leaving yeah. Splinter in the
0: helicopter by himself with yes. with
2: Pamika. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we get a flashback once again. And, again, this kind of bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, They're still joking. You know, we got Raph. We got Leo. I don't know. Like you said, I don't think Leo's doing it as much. But Raph certainly
0: is. Yeah, and Michelangelo's um, eating cake.
2: Yeah, Michelangelo's eating cake. Now, think about this. I get it. They always make snarky comments when they're fighting. But their brother, once again, they don't even know if he's alive. Their father has been drugged and kidnapped as well. Yeah. And Michelangelo's eating cake. It kind of takes the human side away from him a little bit.
0: Well, you know, okay, so this is this is me, Raphael and anyway. so this is this is my <laughs> this is my rationale. They explicitly state, dudes are in a helicopter, we can't get there. So Sure, we've got that. so let's have some cake. well, let's we've got that dead cyborg in our house. Let's go figure yeah. out what we can learn from it first because maybe we can figure out where it's from, and then we can go. you know, yeah. so I understand they're trying to get they're pulling a little bit of recon here. They're trying to get information from this cyborg. Somehow they're hoping they can because Donatello's gone. he's the guy that can usually do this. And Raphael's poed, so he's going to make snarky comments. Michelangelo is a giant kid and always will be. So if we're stuck here, I might as well get a little bit of that cake. I can't say I wouldn't want to <laughs> do something like that. Sure. Um, but th- th- yeah, they do go a little. They, I mean, that is also you have to remember, '90s comics are kind of like their own thing. You know, they That's they kind of it is kind of over. It was that time. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. by the the writer's rationale, probably was something akin to, it's Ninja Turtles, it's crazy on. It's crazy from the word go, so I can just kind of go as big as I want to with it.
2: Which I admire. Yeah, yeah I admire they did that.
0: And plus at the time, they had this mandate of, no pizza power, no girl turtles here, you know, we're, we're for the big boys, you know? Isn't that crazy? It yeah, is, God. yeah, and, and Image Comics was super pretentious and crazy as much as they said they weren't they really were i mean like these image comics was founded by guys who all left marvel and they all quit marvel comics went over to dc and said we'll never work for you and jim lee the guy who was a founder of image who now works for dc comics he says that working at dc comics he knows now that if you didn't work for DC, you were not on their radar. So a bunch of people that they didn't give a crap about went to their office and said, we'll never work for you. And DC was like, yeah, probably not. It's <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Who, how did you get in here? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's crazy. Yeah. You know?
0: And so that was, that was their mandate was they were just kind of, they wanted to be punk rock about it. And but they were I, really, they were kind of pretentious about it though. But
2: I'll tell you this though, when I was a kid now, I mean, I, we're, we kids in the nineties. I mean, yeah. Um, image was pretty awesome like at the time oh, yeah. I, at the time i was looking at some of their books like i was a big wildcats fan and i know that's one of their shining works um yeah. i loved their artwork at the time you know i said yeah. oh, man how do you top this
0: i so, was a huge spawn fan when i was a kid yeah man.
2: that's a big one right there todd McFarlane.
0: um and, and you know like looking back at it as an adult you kind of realize that todd mcfarland ran out of ideas at issue five sure which is why he just hired every other writer and comics that he could to do other issues while he thought of what he wanted to do yeah you know and and it's just kind of like yeah you didn't know it. you you just wanted you just had to put something out so you did right
2: (laughs) oh shots fired i don't know
0: yeah well i mean even he's admitted that you know there's a reason why spawn looks like a combination of spider-man and batman you know, there's, ah, true. Yeah. He came up with Spawn when he was 14 after reading a crap load of Batman and Spider-Man books. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. I'm with you.
0: Yeah.
2: Y- yeah, but, so yeah,
0: yeah. I, image was huge. Huge. Every, yeah.
2: Huge
0: nineties yeah. man.
2: And it's it's glad I'm I'm glad that there's still a pretty big force, you know. Yeah. Image is still around. The Walking Dead came in. there. That was the Image comic, right?
0: Yeah, it's still a, yeah. Image Comics kind of became whatever Robert Kirkman wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> which is understandable. There's yeah. a huge, huge franchise right there.
0: Walking Dead and Invincible, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about Invincible. I hear yeah. that is a phenomenal series, which I've not gotten to dig into. But
0: Invincible is good. You would, if if we weren't so invested in Turtles, you'd you would love it.
2: Ah. Uh. That's awesome. Well, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, I mean, it's good to see that that image is still around. And I do remember that in the 90s, this was the thing. I remember it. Um, And anyway, so Raphael, he uh, he goes to uh, try to (laughs) kill this this cyborg for good. He's like, I'm tired of hearing him, you know, bragging and all this stuff.
0: We get to the most infamous panel in Ninja Turtles comic book history.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of a comical thing almost. If you just look at the image, you're horrified. But if yeah. you pay attention to the dialogue around it, it kind of really takes it looks a little like, bit
0: away from it. It looks like it should say, I hate Mondays above it or something. <laughs> it could be a meme. I'm telling yeah. you. It, it, I'm surprised it hasn't been. But what happens is this thing, the the reason why the, the cyborg said how much he can replicate his destroyed parts is because the gun replicates itself. Mm -hmm. and shoots raphael in the face because the head even though it was cut off it's still active yeah and it has i guess it has pre-wi-fi wi-fi connection (laughs) i think so i think so yeah there's a router in there somewhere and it takes aim and shoots raphael in the face and he's like nah i'm fine but it hurt real bad
2: (laughs) it hurts real bad i can't see very well how does it look
0: yeah, and then Michael – okay, this is the one I agree with you on. Michelangelo says, you probably won't be voted world sexiest man this year, Raphael. It's like, your brother just got shot in the face. In
2: the face, and you're making a joke. Stop. I mean, I guess Raph asked for it. Stop being
0: that way for two <laughs> seconds.
2: <laughs> yes, come on. We get it. You're funny, but you don't always have to be funny.
0: Yeah, and – Yeah. But if uh, – yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that I can't rationalize that. It was like, your brother just got shot in the face. Do you even care? Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. I know that when you put it in perspective, that's three main characters that are severely in trouble in the first issue. Yeah. OK. Uh, one of the three we don't even know is still alive.
0: He's in free fall um, right now.
2: Right. He's in free fall right now. And yet that doesn't seem to phase Michelangelo that much. And hey, I get your rationale. I'd love to think that that's what was going on. Maybe that's Mikey's way of coping with it. But I think that's just I, I think it's just. My gut tells me it's just comics.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, thinking, uh, having lived through the '90s and reading through comics in the '90s,
2: I think that was just it was the style just
0: what they did overall. It was just. And what I hate to the generalize. Back then, yeah, I would love to have seen what DC or Marvel would have done with the Ninja Turtles. You know, I mean, if I could change fate, I would have given the Ninja Turtles to DC Comics or something.
2: Ah, oh, interest that'd be interesting. I love, I'd love to see what they do. Yeah, like
0: Dennis like Danny O'Neill's Ninja Turtles. I would oh God. Or Kevin Smith's Ninja Turtles, you know? That'd be cool. Well
2: yeah, I'm with you there, but I have to say, like well, let me let me finish and then I'd
0: Sorry, to, yeah. Okay.
2: No, 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 but I I keep getting ahead of myself because I'm like, Oh, I really want to give my overall opinion to this because looking at it almost five years later from the first time I read it, at first I hated this book. Well not, maybe not hated. You didn't
0: care did, for it, yeah. I didn't
2: care for it. I didn't care for it. But I've... Things have changed. But let me um finish up here. So during this time that poor Rap gets his face blasted off... Leonardo um, also doesn't care. <laughs> he's like, hey, will you quiet down over there? I've got this projection coming in. And it's Splinter communicating with him. And... um Splinter says, I was drugged. My body and conscious mind are comatose. Fortunately, it is similar to the spiritual state that I achieved during meditation, and my soul self was able to escape to the astral plane. Which was cool. I like that part. Yeah.
0: Um Splinter has been known to do stuff like that.
2: Yeah. And the artwork here, I think on the last page with the color really looks, looks great. Good. I mean, the artwork here, it's it's really good. I, I I, my opinions have certainly changed with the coloring of this. This is,
0: this um, is the best-looking page, and ironically, nothing happens on this page but people talking.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So Splinter says to Leo, my captors are traveling north and west, and the terrain below is hilly and wooded. Your brother Donatello is no longer accompanied – no longer accompanies us. He escaped soon after the helicopter took uh, – st- soon after the helicopter took – is that a typo
0: right there? Let me see. Um... He
2: escaped – Soon after the helicopter took. Maybe, I think that was supposed to say took off.
0: He escaped soon after the helicopter took. Yeah.
2: Ah, oh, they missed that one. Well, that's okay. That happens. He experienced great pain, and I I lost track of him. And then, this is where you see that Splinter's actually floating in the air while meditating, and one of the cyborgs spots it, tells, uh, Pamika? and Pamiko. And she flat out just knocks him out, and, uh... Basically, Leo loses the projection or the uh, the communication, and that's how the issue ends.
0: So this, this is the only thing I don't like about this. Because okay. Tamico says, "Incredible! He must be at least a seventh level ninja to accomplish that trick." There's no levels to being a ninja. Sure, okay? there is. It's, it's like like, it's, like black belt. It's like well, you know, like the whole belt system was created by America <laughs> because we didn't know how to rationalize. <laughs> oh, here we go. Karate and stuff. Because it wasn't something Hey,
2: I saw Karate cool. Kid. Cobra Kai never die, by the way, Cobra Yeah, I Kai, see, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, Cobra Kai never
0: die. <laughs> no mercy, strike hard, no mercy. That's right. That's gonna That's be my right. next tattoo. You know, strike hard, no mercy. Uh,
2: man, I going back now, reading this, I admire what Gary Carlson was doing, and with the color, I think it really accentuated and 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 complemented the art. Like I think this is miles better looking now that I actually understand what's going on (laughs) it's not as uh, overstimulating and overwhelming as seeing lines everywhere but I have to say the artwork the colors uh, aside from a few minor things like the turtles attitudes which I hope I've not read the whole series I don't know if they're like this the entire time at least in this particular issue that bugged me a little bit the way the turtles acted Mm -hmm. um, being so nonchalant and callous with that aside i still think this is a pretty solid book and it's certainly i admire it for trying to do something different yeah. and so fast paced yeah. um in in the tra- traditional image style i have to say i like it a lot better than i did i would give this about a 7 out of 10 i i didn't think it was a bad comic
0: no no it's, it's a... yeah
2: yeah. Well, what about okay, you? yeah,
0: I didn't know if you were going to keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, I would give it. Oh no, that's it. <laughs> no, I would give it a seven as well because it it, it dawned on me as we were reali- as we were reading this. First off, the first issue of this book is the only issue of Volume Three I've read. You know, and, and it was by design because mm-hmm. I wanted the first issue, and the other books are just they're expensive, and I just don't want to spend 30-40 bucks on one comic book. Eat every time out the mm-hmm. gate. I just don't want to do that. Uh, so I was just pretty happy with the first issue. I kind of never thought that it would be reprinted. I thought we were done. So the yeah. fact that this is being reprinted now, and it can kind of change our opinions about it. First off, my opinion didn't need to be changed. I was like, well, it's just it's just an Image book. It's if if Ninja Turtles was created by Image, this is what it would be. So like me having been a fan of Image and having hindsight on what Image was at the time. Yeah, this is, this is exactly what Ninja Turtles would be. You know, I, I, mean, I get that. You can't expect more from that, you know. But um, I kind of it changed my opinion on the fact that reprinting these and putting in the effort to be colorized, this book isn't for us. This is not for the 30-year-olds that uh, could have read Image back in the 90s when we were teenagers or, or pre-teenagers. This is... Ah, this is for kids point. nowadays, I think, you know, because, um, there are these kids that have read and I, I, I hate saying in a general way of speaking, these kids, I'm sorry if that's offending anybody, but like really like for the younger generation that has heard of volume three, but just hasn't wanted to go get it because of the same reasons. A lot of people haven't, they've heard it's bad, so they're not going to waste their time on it, you know? This book, it at at the price point, it is. It's like three bucks an issue. They went in. They went the extra mile to colorize it when they didn't have to, and they're going to finish the actual story arc when they didn't have to. Yeah, that's you true. know, it's it really is. IDW's got faith in it, you know. And and really, at the end of the day, this is already a done deal because you know all those comics are written, they're colored already, they're probably already bound and packaged, and over the next two years, we'll get them you know because it's going to be an extra yeah. three issues and we're going to get the full story arc they're do they're not doing that for us we're kind of a benefit we're kind of a bonus you know if the if the older generation gets into this and really hooks into it great but this is really for the people that have only heard of this book and have never read it and i've got to yeah. i'm going to give this a 7 as well just you know from the issue itself it's like adding color really breathes new life into this you can finally kind of understand what's going on you kind of have to accept the 90s aesthetic of it it's like because even though it's kind of not what comics do more two things it's kind of not what comics do anymore so it's kind of cool to see what comics used to be yeah, comics are what they are now because of this. And comics still do stuff like this. If you if you think oh, yeah. female superheroes or supervillains are still not running around in basically bathing suits right now, you're wrong. You know, because they <laughs> they really yeah. are, and it's kind of pathetic. You know, I kinda of don't like that about comics. That's what
2: I, I think it's getting better. I think I think that's uh, I think it's not as, as apparent. It, it as
0: depends on who you're reading. That's what I love about IDW. Because they would realize that, hey, women wear clothes. Why wouldn't women superheroes, supervillains, do that? You know, why would Karai be running around with a sword and a thong? Why would she do that? You know, she would wear. Shredder's going to wear armor. His granddaughter's going to wear armor too. That's what I like about what IDW does is they're kind of realistic about everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. For what it is and for what it's worth, this issue gets a 7 for me because I just – I IDW's taking a chance, man. They are going full bore into it, and I kind of can't wait to see – I'm super interested to see what happens.
2: Well, you know, I'm with you there for sure, and I I think we've talked about this in the past. I think IDW is kind of – or I mean the Turtles is basically IDW's golden goose right now. I mean I think anything the Turtles have done will sell. I really do. I think there's a big enough market for it, um, and and also going back to what you said earlier that this this isn't for us. That I, I agree with that, and I agree, and I think yeah. we're just kind of more of um, benefactors of this as as a bonus. But I think what's something I didn't even put into account is think about this time period. This was written in 1996. A lot of the a lot of the kids who grew up with the Ninja Turtles in 87 mm-hmm. they were kids guess what they're teenagers now all right this is a much more mature comic and maybe this was written to kind of bring the kids back but in comic form this time with a much more mature kind of cooler darker grittier format and i i wonder if they intentionally you can, did yeah that.
0: you can tell um,
2: <laughs> yeah yeah because and of course a lot of the folks from Volume 1 were older. You know, a lot of the ones reading Volume 1 were obviously older than the kids who grew up on the cartoon. Maybe that would bring yeah. them back as as well, you know. So I could see it being a smart strategy to go this this radically different way. So, um, you know, kudos to them for doing that. And heck, you think of the first issue of the comic book? pretty on violent you know the issue uh yeah one, volume one this kind of does the same thing so you got to give them a lot of kudos there for for doing it that way but um but yeah man hey i really enjoyed doing that that was a good yeah kudos. you know it's, it's a mean, lot
0: of a good comment it's a it's a, yeah well our review is on point i mean it's a, it always is oh yeah right. <laughs> um but like i really i really do i have to admire idw because like on paper this is a bad idea this is this volume is just the whipping boy of so many people. Like, you know, they just they just they at this point so many people in Ninja Turtles fandom don't like volume 3 because they were told not to like volume 3.
2: But you know, I tell you what, the more like um you go on the Technodrome forums, there are a lot of volume 3 defenders. And I know Andrew Modine, I think this was one of his favorite volumes. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of I guess hardcore fans that that praise this volume. And there, there are some that that don't. I mean, it's kind of in the middle. It's, I don't yeah. think it's as scrutinized as um, the next mutation is. I think that the would...
0: third movie or the next mutation, yeah, or, you know, yeah, which really just it's kinda, it's kind of it's kind of like making fun of the fat kid at recess. You just because you're skinny and they're fat, you know. It's just kind of like that. That's why you're doing it. You just want to, yeah, uh, everyone you're a else, human being, yeah, you're, you're terrible. <laughs> You know, and like, well, not that you're a terrible human being. It's just the, it's an easy thing to make fun of. Like, you know what? You know what? Honestly, talking about the third movie, and I promise to keep this brief. I rewatched the third movie a couple of weeks ago. I was like, you know what? This isn't bad.
2: It's It's not terrible.
0: It's, they joke around a little bit too much. Yeah. But like the concept of it is like them going back in time to future Japan that was done so many times in the comics and video games and cartoons at that point why wouldn't they do that and like everybody complains about the second movie about how they never use their weapons in it which kind of is true in the third movie they are beating the crap out of everybody (laughs) there's an awesome sword fight between Leonardo and this samurai master at the end of that movie it's a little brief but like and and Leonardo uses a cathedral bell to beat him (laughs) I want to go
2: back and and watch that Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, it's not going to win an Academy Award, but neither is the first movie. Let's and, be honest.
2: And I'm going to be honest with you guys. For those of you who've stuck with us from the beginning, I was one of them. I jumped on the bandwagon saying, "Oh, yeah. that movie's terrible. I never want to watch." But honestly, I have seen it again, and I I'm guilty of jumping on the bandwagon. And I think there's yeah. a lot of folks we, that are. And,
0: we all are.
2: Yeah, sure. We all want to fit in, but at the same time. Uh, looking back now, it's not that bad. It's I've seen far worse things in in movie yeah. history. That is, I I guess I always wanted every movie to be just like the first one, which is silly yeah. to think because you can't recreate the magic from the first one. The best thing you can do is try to do something new and and create a new type of magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you know, because a lot of that stuff just can't be recreated. But anyways, I I I, th- I think with volume three, I'm with you, man. Kudos to IDW for doing this. I cannot wait for the next issue to come out. And about that, we're going to start reviewing these, you know. So we're going to have like four eras now. We're going to have the um, classic era, we're going to have the um, 2003 era where we might cover this issue or Okay, let me let me back up. We'll do the classic we'll era. We'll do this when
0: it comes out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the classic era, we'll do the image era. The volume four slash two thousand three cartoon era, and now the IDW era. So the, that's that's four eras now instead of yeah. three. You just add on to it. So heck, I, more turtle stuff to talk about. That's always a good thing, man.
0: Mm-hmm. We yeah. could almost just do this whole podcast about the comics, you know? Like, and then you got the cartoons, and then yeah. You got the-
2: oh, no kidding. Ah, no yeah, kidding.
0: The, I mean, you got the toys. You've got so much stuff. I mean, so there's much stuff, so much, and it's not. I mean, like. Everybody's worried about turtles, and I understand everybody's because they're in this transitional period now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: With oh, yeah. 2012 stuff being done and the new movie series not being a trilogy, which is really unfortunate. Because if there was going to be a third movie, I guarantee it would have been out this summer. Yeah, uh, because yeah. it was two years ago, and they went by a two-year cycle. Yeah, um, yeah. So there is this transition period right now, mm-hmm. and you know what? It, I'm sorry it we just the hardest part about it right now is mm-hmm. we just have to wait and see.
2: Yep. And we still got the comics and they are flourishing like crazy. Yep.
0: And yep. you know and and everything is cyclical, you know. There's we are in, it it's eerily mirroring mirroring 1993 right now where there was comics, movies, video games, toys. There's a lot there was a lot at that time, and it looks like we're at that almost tipping point where the pendulum ah, going go either way now. But it was around this time, if you go continuity wise, from eighty eight or eighty seven to nineteen ninety seven. Around this time is when we got Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo. So there's that great <laughs> Ninja Turtle game coming out it's just coming the corner. E three yeah. E three is next week. There's gonna be a Ninja Turtle game announcement. So. Yes,
2: exactly. I'm okay uh, with that. I'm okay with that. There is. I don't know. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, guys, hey, stay tuned for the next episode because we have an amazing topic topic coming up. It is the 2007 CGI movie. We're actually going to watch it. Well, Hoser, um, before we sign off on another another episode of uh, Turtle Flakes, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally totally listen to me totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Um,
0: since we're since it's been a while. I want to go easy on our intestines right now, so. I appreciate that. I'm just going to say since, you know, let's, we're coming back with a classic comic book today, we're going to go with a classic pizza, just pepperoni and cheese today. Oh, thank you. I can remember that. Go screw it up, nice.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, hey, Dudes, to do that. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We thank you so much for, for all the support, all the feedback, um, everything that you, you've done in the group pages. Josh and myself, we cannot express enough how much we love and appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, here's to hope you enjoy your friends, your family, and a mega slice of pepperoni pizza.
0: Cowbung, everyone. I messed that one up, cheese, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Yeah, anyway. Oh,
2: I had one job. Nine nine Testing one, one two. Might be a
0: good thing. You, I'm hearing you. just fine.
2: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, sometimes this recorder, like a lot of times when we record. You're, you come in perfectly. Like your your volume levels are perfect. They don't yeah. they're not too too loud, not too soft. Where mine are always, always really soft and I have to like highlight everything I said, and boost the audio on it. So that's kinda of strange, but oh well, at least I'm not blasting anybody out. Cool. Alright, so that's that. Alright, good deal, man. So are you cool with uh doing the comic today still?
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. I read it a week ago because I completely forgot. So <laughs> But I mean, I've I've got I I have the original comic, so I mean it's not like I haven't read this before, so I I yeah. know the strokes of everything. Yeah. And we're gonna walk through. Oh crap! Oh no, here it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I usually use the TMNT comics app, but I got rid of that and I just use my uh, Kindle now. Oh nice. But uh. Does it still but, have
2: the guided view on that? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's roughly the same thing. Only it's not yeah. connected to like the oh, uh, Comicsology oh, yeah, store. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So basically everything Comics sells, um, Amazon sells too. They just sell it on their Kindle.
3: Oh, okay.
0: And even know. though it's it's Probably called easier. Kindle Yeah, and even though it's called Kindle, you can still read it on your iPad or your iPod or whatever. Uh-huh. You don't need a Kindle like I have a Kindle fire too. And uh, you don't you don't need one of those to go on the Kindle store. All you need is a Prime membership. So
2: oh that's nice. yeah. Yeah, um I, uh, I was kind of shocked when I saw this in my mailbox because uh, I was kind of like you. I thought it was probably going to be digital.
0: That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then my, my uh, the guy who over the shop, he automatically put it in there for me because I basically told him in the past, if you see any turtles, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just have like a million other things. I think the only thing I still have left in my box is Superman and Turtles. So.
0: Superman and Turtles?
2: Yeah, I know. What a weird combo, right?
0: That's... I mean yeah, that's. I mean it, i mean if you can make Batman work that stands to reason you can make Superman work, but it's just like what what's the start? what are the turtles gonna bring to to Superman that he would conceivably be like, Yeah, I, I do need help. And I need Oh yeah. man. Unless it's just like a one off issue of them just like, Oh my god, we're running around the fortress of solitude. Yeah. That
2: would be cool. That would yeah. be cool. And then somehow, oh, yeah. like, Superman joins them in the sewers for, for a little bit.
0: You know? okay. Well, you can just imagine, like, Donatello's, like, working on something and he doesn't know it's the Phantom Zone projector and he opens up the Phantom Zone and Doomsday shows up.
2: Oh, now that would be awesome!
0: Yeah, yeah. like, a or a parasite or something, like, something that the turtles could fight. Uh, not Maybe not Doomsday, but, like, somebody like Parasite would be a good villain to have the turtles go up against because he's only as strong as the people fighting him. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is why Superman, he knows that Doom or Parasites like the like the uh, Dark Horse kind of villain, where like he is like the most powerful villain potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That
2: that would be cool. Yeah. So the, the turtles kind of caused the trouble, but somehow. Yeah, purely
0: by accident. Yeah. Pure, yeah, purely by accident. That's awesome. hey,
2: that could be an easy. know five six issues story are kind of like what they did with the Batman crossover
0: yeah yeah. I would much rather see like them team up with the whole Justice League by now like I was kind of not like I'm upset I mean I haven't read more than the first issue but the the Batman T part two yeah like Like, I I kinda I kind of am a little disappointed that they just didn't team up with the Justice League. You know, or you know, because like I mean in the first comic, the first story arc they allude to that, to where Donatello is conversing with Cyborg over a radio, but you don't see it. You're just yeah. happen. And it's like, dude, a Donatello and Cyborg story would be awesome. Oh
3: gosh, yeah.
0: I would love that. You know, but But like the hook for the second book was interesting where it's like Donatello realizes that he kind of is the weakest member of the team from a hand-to-hand combat standpoint. So he opens the portal to Gotham City to get trained by Batman because because he's embarrassed to ask Splinter to train him harder because he doesn't want to let Splinter down. And then, oops, something bad happens, you know?
2: (laughs) Which always is comic.
0: Which seems kind of cool. It's like instead of the turtles going to Gotham, now Batman has to come to New York. And I like that. Yeah. yeah. And Bane. You know who Bane is, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Bane, Bebop, and Rocksteady form a gang. I was like, really? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> if you really think about it, it makes sense. Like Bane, more than anything else, respects power and physical strength. Yeah. Bebop and Rocksteady are. I don't know. I mean, because they're only as powerful as the writers want them to be. But like, it could be argued that they're just as the strong as base without the the venom. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're
0: an idiots. And yeah, but they're idiots. Yeah, so like, Megan <laughs> understands. Like, I can lead these guys. You know, you yeah. just don't do something too hard to do. You know. Ah, that, that's interesting. Now, do, do the triceratons uh,
2: come into play with the crossovers?
0: I've only read the first issue, but from what I understand, I don't
2: I, No. Oh man, because I really, really like the. I'm a little behind on the IDW run, but I don't know if you're familiar. Um, I don't want to give too many plot points away, but basically, the Triceratons. They oh, I don't,
0: I don't care about the spoilers, man. Oh, okay.
2: Well, uh, from what I remember, Unless it's like
0: a death. I don't, I don't really care.
2: <laughs> from what I remember, uh, well, definitely no death or anything that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um. Is oh gosh, it was when the neutrinos were fighting that uh, that bug lady song. I can't remember her name. Um, they they asked the triceratons to help them fight off this that alien swarm, and the triceratons are like, fine, we'll do it, but we want a home planet. We we need we need a place to live and exist. So the neutrinos kind of play them dirty a little bit. They're like, okay, well Earth will be. I'm sure they'll be fine with you guys going there. So so the (laughs) Triceratons, yeah, and and they kind of leave out the the part where the Triceratons, or um, that the Earth is inhabited with a whole bunch of people, and the Triceratons get there and think uh, the planet is not necessarily desolate, but there's just scavengers there, and they end up landing in New York City. Oh, of course. Yeah, right, right, and then and you know, um, very quickly, uh, things kind of turn hostile because uh, Bishop is there. And basically, you got this huge fight. Oh, and he's, he's
0: been talking about how he knows there's going to be an alien invasion one. Yeah, time. exactly. Oh, okay. So,
2: like, it's really good right now. I, I left off where I think Bishop had killed one of the Triceratons. Um, or, or uh, oh, he's using Slash, too, by the way. And I think it was Slash against one of the Triceratons, and it was an awesome fight. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, is was it Trag the...
0: General Trag? General the, Trag. Um, it wasn't him. He's a, he's a stone soldier?
2: Oh, okay, okay, sorry, it wasn't him, it was... It was
0: a Triceraton you're talking about?
2: Yeah, it was a Triceraton that was killed.
0: Is it, uh, <sighs> is it Blizzard?
2: I, I can't remember, I'd have to go back, um, but I think it was like issue 78 or 79, and um, I know they're up to issue 82 right now.
0: Yeah, I know, see, I've just, I, I know, I, I hate saying this because I'm on a turtle flake, I'm on a Ninja Turtles podcast, and I write about Ninja Turtles, and it's like pretty much my whole world right now. <laughs> I, I, it's it's my whole world, uh, uh, the part of my world that doesn't matter is Ninja Turtles <laughs> uh, but like I'm just, I just kind of got burnt out I'm kind of just bored with the IDW series right now Really? and I'm just taking a break yeah, because it's just like, I understand it's an ongoing series, but they take so long to get anywhere and oh, see,
2: how, how interesting you bring that up
0: yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a realization that I had as I was um, reading through the Dimension X stuff, and I actually haven't finished Dimension X, even though it came out like it came out in January. Like the last trade I read was back in March, and I read the Team Universe Volume Three, and it was Karai's path, and yeah. it was the story that Karai had when she went back to Japan and she started. Kind of, but not really working for the Yakuza. Yeah. Because the Yakuza really looks down upon the Foot Clan because they know that the Foot Clan is, like, actually the real power and the only reason the Yakuza is there at all is because the Foot just kind of lets them be there. Yeah. Which is a really interesting thing to... First off, I'm kind of really surprised they went there with the, with the Yakuza, considering they're a real gang. Right. I I wouldn't have the Stones to do that just in case they read this and get offended. <laughs> But, with that being said, like, that was a really good storyline, but just like, since then, I've just kind of been looking at what they've been doing. It's like, okay, they're teasing the... they're teasing the Triceratons, they're doing this, and they're gonna eventually do that, and... It's with all these characters that we've seen a thousand times before, and I was kind of... I remember when we interviewed Andrew Modine, and he didn't like the IDW series because they were just banking so much on nostalgia... And I kind of understand where he's going with it now, where it was just like, like, before this year, really, I really enjoyed how much they bank on Nostalgia because they did different things with characters that were familiar.
2: Yeah, so that's why I still like it.
0: Yeah, and and to be fair, I haven't read it since, really, I haven't read a new issue since March. And it was new six months before that because of the way the, the, the trade paperbacks come out, and that's when I collect. Um so really I haven't read a new issue in like 9 months. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. I in those 9 months I was just kind of looking at it, I was like yeah I just I, even with their new stuff like Kitsune and the Panther even the Pantheon is not new. You know, they they're it's a label that sounds familiar with one character from the original Pantheon and then all these other new characters from what I understand because I haven't read the 2000s tales of tmnt uh jim lawson stuff and i know he dealt super heavily with it and him and peter laird did and but it's just it's kind of like they've got a hook with the older crowd and they're just writing stuff for new readers which is good i understand why you do that but it's just with how they're just like on the excuse me with the piecemeal basis that they're giving you these story threads it just is taking way too long and it just seems like every issue is a filler issue until they make reference to that super important thing that happened six issues ago (laughs) it's just like yeah i just i'm just kind of bored i know it's good i like it i I want to like it but it's just for right now i'm just kind of bored with it
2: well here's one thing i do like about it is (laughs) kind of what you just mentioned a lot it uses a lot of familiarity familiarity from the past and 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 that's gonna get us but i think the fact that you know it's not just a one-shot every every issue i actually like the fact that it's a story arc you know and you can feel it i mean you can feel that okay this is gonna be the beginning of a new one okay this is just a continuation or you know okay this is the end of a story arc right here but leading to something else i've read other comic books speaking of superman for instance It just doesn't have that feel to it Like it's an ongoing thing It feels like every issue is its own kind of Microcosm Its own kind of standalone issue And some people that it's for them but yeah, for me. I I gotta have something that's ongoing. I gotta have something that references something that happened ten issues ago.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, like to to your Superman point. To be fair, like to play devil's advocate a little bit, like. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's not. It's not that I dislike it.
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like prefer... action comics. Just action comics. Uh, just published their one thousandth issue last month.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's like that's issue one thousand. <laughs> no other comic book has done that. So it's just kind of like... The, like the Superman comparison I get it and by by the, the my point is, is by this time Superman's kind of earned the okay well we're just gonna do this you for know sure. we've no, been absolutely. around for a thousand issues like with, with Ninja Turtles like I mean I get it it's it is good and I really do appreciate like what I appreciate about the IDW uh, comic book like the most is I really appreciate how serious Me they too they take everything like
2: with a, with the exception of you know they can't necessarily get graphic but oh, yeah, you know, you, yeah, they can create drama in another way which it's never i
1: agree r rated like yeah.
0: like I feel like a mature rated story is not necessarily r rated like there's no f bombs to naked with everybody there's no chopped off heads like people say that they want it's like well it's it's Why? not about that there's maturity and then there's adults only there's there's a difference. There's a very distinct line you don't cross. Mm -hmm. And with the the IDW book, what I like about it is just like... You can argue that the Ninja Turtles are in our world, and it's just this crazy stuff just for... Excuse me, all of this stuff about Ninja Turtles is just like this... The great thing about Ninja Turtles is the fact that it wasn't supposed to happen.
2: Yes, yeah. And
0: and that really... uh, That really plays out in um, the IDW book. Like, if the Ninja Turtles never happened, like in that storyline, if there were no Ninja Turtles, like the people that live in that universe would never know who Shredder is. Probably wouldn't be know. Probably wouldn't know about Krang. Probably wouldn't know. But there's all that. But because the Ninja Turtles are there, all of a sudden everybody else around them takes notice of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's,
0: it's kind of like the argument that Joker would never be here if it weren't for Batman being around. Not true. I was just like, he would have robbed a bank and some cop would have just shot him. You know, <laughs> before he even became the Joker. But because Batman was there and, like, theatrics and all this BS,
3: <laughs> okay.
0: boom, he's the Joker now. You know? Yeah. And that's what I really love about the IDW series. And I'm not going to give up on it. I'm just kind of taking an extended break from it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. you got
2: you to gotta think, too, we've never witnessed an ongoing comic series, like, at least with the Turtles, like this. I mean, this is the longest-running one, and I think, you know, you and I, we've, we've seen a lot of stuff in the comics, and we're, we're hoping for something radically different, of the punch, but I think right now, I, I think they're just... What they're going to do, probably the first hundred issues is basically kind of revamping characters, but putting different spins on them. But I yeah. think eventually, like, once they, once they get, board willing, if they get past 100 and they, they're going strong, I think they're going to start doing some more crazy stuff. Um, stuff we've never quite seen before. And they, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways they already have, but, uh, you know.
0: And I, you know I what's still... crazy? You know what's crazy? I'm sorry to interrupt you. but oh, What's crazy is I've never followed an ongoing Ninja Turtle comic book. Um... All of my comic book reading has been in reference to something I've heard. Like, I had no idea that Ninja Turtles uh, were a Mirage comic book until I started listening to our show. <laughs> and in God's that's Honest awesome. Truth, that's cool. Know, God's Honest Truth, I never did. Like, you started talking about, oh, the Mirage books. So I was like, what's that mean? So, Google. <laughs> and then, whoa! I thought Ninja Turtles started out as a cartoon and an action figure line, and then that's where the Archie comics came from. Mm-hmm. Because originally, the first four issues of Archie were the first season of cartoons, and they spun off into their own direction.
2: Yeah.
0: And there's a lot of similarities between IDW and Archie. <laughs> Archie leaned a little just a little bit more towards the humorous side of it But it was still very serious and dealt with real-world issues I mean the reason that book was canceled is because nobody really cared about villains that wanted to increase global warming Oh my the irony but (laughs) but uh I always thought that okay well that's the Turtles comic book and then it was gone and then when I walked into a comic book shop 15 years later I saw this old comic book called TMNT I was like what's this? And I picked it up and didn't really understand anything and put it back on the shelf and didn't buy it. And then when I started, especially when I became a part of this show, I learned, holy crap, there's this whole huge mythology of it. And now it's to the point where I got so invested in the old comic books that I'm just really annoyed by every YouTuber that thinks they're the first person to let you know there was an old black and white comic book that the Ninja Turtles came from. <laughs> Everybody knows that by now, stupid, let's go. And... <laughs> So this is the first comic book that I've followed, and plus it's the first comic that I've actually genuinely followed from issue one to issue whatever they're at to, at now, it, since I was in high school. And it's just kind of in a give it to me now age that we are with the internet and push this button to buy this. You know, it's it's a good problem to have. That's but true. It, it yeah. is kind of difficult to be like now I gotta wait a month. <laughs> Yeah, yep, or, that's I, or I have to wait six months for the trade paperback or you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Well I'll tell you what This is the best time, no joke I think this is the greatest time If you're a fan of the comics To be a fan of the comics I mean It, 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 it is because you think you've got Universe, you've got crossovers You've got um, The ongoing one That's the longest running ongoing Turtles comic Of all time You've got yeah. all this stuff going on right now um, it's kind of a, it's it's an exciting time to be a fan, and I know we've got the uh, polarizing cartoon coming up. But I, I, you know, if you if you just look on the positive side of things, hey, that that's more of Ninja Turtles. You know, yeah. we, we are so I, I don't want to say oversaturated, but we have so much stuff to keep up with now.
0: We have so many options.
2: apps so. yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I wanted to say. We have so many options now that it's kind of refreshing. Uh, yeah and exciting so
0: and yeah i can't wait to see that new cartoon man you know because right now i i understand why there's uh a crack in the community right now over that cartoon and it's it's because it's because it just looks so different and everybody saw that and i know that thaddeus and i talked about this a, a few months ago it is it looks like teen titans go and people don't like teen titans go because it is kind of a silly crazy cartoon and I watch Teen Titans Go every day because my kids love that show. So I watch two episodes of it every morning with them. And if you really do, I mean, yeah, it is kind of zany and you like pie, I like pie. You, you know, it's, it's crazy. But if you really sit down and watch it all the way through, to, through the episodes they have so far, because the series is still going, um, and it's still going because it's a huge ratings hit, by the way, if you watch it, there, there are kiddie versions of these uh, mature storylines that are found in the comics that make reference to old shows and, you know, it's all there, but it's like explaining the suit. I mean, like, it's kind of like explaining Santa Claus to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know Santa Claus isn't real, and on some level, your kid knows Santa Claus isn't real, but, yeah, I know. Josh! <laughs> spoilers yeah it's me you're talking to you. uh, but, yeah and he bunny's dead and there is no you know who you know who's alive the great pumpkin
2: uh, <laughs> you're still waiting in the pumpkin patch for that's him. right
0: yeah uh, but uh, it's kind of like explaining uh, Santa Claus to your kid where like on some level your kid knows Santa Claus isn't real but you yeah. explain it a certain way because you don't want them to know that Santa Claus isn't real in Teen Titans Go they do have these mature told these mature storylines told through the lens of how a six year old would understand it. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch don't. of 30 year olds that watched the Teen Titans show when they were 15 are annoyed because that show's not for me anymore. Well, I want it to be for me. I want to be included too. I was like, yeah. they're not. Cartoon Network isn't burning your DVDs, and that's what the new uh, uh, Rise of the Ninja Turtles is kind of like. That's what the blowback from that is because it just looks kidified. And it's going to be... Every one episode is going to have two 10 or 12 minute episodes within it. Mm -hmm. Which is the same thing as Teen Titans. And the same thing as shows like Octonauts and all these these kid shows. And a a bunch of people are thinking that they're just kidifying Ninja Turtles. Like, if you remember in the 80s...
2: I was about to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, yeah, sure, kid shows were different. Because they wore it on their sleeve that they're just selling toys to you. You know, um... That was the kids' show for us.
2: Yeah, and basically, that's it's just a repeat of what's, what happened in the 80s. Yep. Um, you know, here we are. We are fans of the original cartoon and fans of the original comic. But this is a new... This is strictly for kids, it seems like. And yeah. I think people, like you said, just want to wanna be included in that. And the thing is, the only one preventing you from being included in that is you. Yeah. Um, you, you have to kind of except that it's a, you have to look through the eyes or the lens of a kid watching this cartoon. You yeah. know, some people bash that original Turtles cartoon for the same exact reasons. Well, it's not like this. It's, you're right, it's not. It's yeah. not trying. It never said it was. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of times we just have to look at it through a different lens. And guess what? We're 30-year-old adults. We still have the comics we can go to. We still have other things, you know, for the more mature storylines things like that. We have options now, which... Yeah. Back in the 80s, they had options as well. Maybe not as many, you know, but they still had the first volume. Is
0: different, yeah.
2: Absolutely. You know, so I, I don't understand the backlash. Plus, we've not seen the show. Maybe there is some stuff in there for specifically for adults. I don't know. You, you never know. It doesn't seem that way, but you never know until you you actually watch it. So.
0: Well, you know what's... I mean, people want to talk... <coughs> People want to talk about the two thousand twelve series, like it was the perfect thing. That TV show was stupid too. Hey! It well, was. Because one of their main adversaries that always kept coming back, like the new foot soldier was a robotic monkey with 50, with machine <laughs> that fired out of its butt. Oh Did yeah,
2: you, I mean it had some silly stuff, yeah. You not
0: tell me that that's for adults? Uh really? Is it
2: well, Yeah, that... I mean the, you, you think of the IDW comics, they had some silly stuff in there too. Oh they, the whole Dimension X
0: stuff. When your show is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's gonna be some silly stuff in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry that it's not Ninja Turtles written by Frank Miller. I don't want to see that.
2: I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of do, and I don't.
0: I, <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, dude, I would buy it. I, know. I buy it.
2: <laughs> and and we actually got some of that too. Um, speaking of the image stuff we're talking about, is um, was it body count?
0: Yeah, body count. Body
2: count. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was pretty dude. gory stuff.
0: I've never read it, but they're reissuing it in August in a hardcover format, and I what? I kind of want to get it, because Kevin Eastman, he, really, when you get down to it, he's kind of like a Frank Miller dude.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: He really is, and, and let's there's not forget that. He also... there's
2: gore, it's crazy. Like, I've seen, I've not read all of it, but I've, I've read reviews, and I've seen pictures. I've dude, seen pictures, yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks rough,
0: in, in a cool way.
2: Oh, well, all right, man. What do you say we we hop into this? Oh, right. Yeah,
0: we're back. We're, we're back.
2: back. <laughs> it didn't take long.
0: <laughs> Hi, Isaac.
2: What are you? Hey, Isaac. Oh,
0: what are you doing? I'm
2: up here.
0: You're up here. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's up there with Daddy. Oh, uh,
0: this is Isaac.
2: Hey, Isaac. How's it going, buddy? Fine. Oh, good. Did you wake up from the storm last night? Yeah. 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 It was pretty scary. I'm
3: afraid of monsters.
0: You're afraid of monsters?
3: No. No?
2: Nah, no, he's a big boy. He's not afraid.
0: You're a big kid.
3: I'm a big boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, buddy. That's cool. My son, he he's still a little scared of thunderstorms. He's he he doesn't like them too much.
0: I think Rob, you were too nice because I was just gonna keep going. This was the perfect way to stop me from being just oh, Josh is back. Yes, no, not at all, buddy. I love it. I love it. Can
2: you go? um, Uh Can you go do it again? No, (laughs) what?
0: (laughs) I'll be right back, Rob. Okay,
2: oh, savage. I love
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Say bye, Rob.
2: Bye, Rob. Rob. Bye, Rob. Bye, buddy. Have a good day. I'll be right back. You know, you kind of remind me of John, or Johnny, Johnny Lawrence. You do! you That's Are you! And I mean that in a complimentary way. He's awesome. He's my favorite guy.
0: Johnny was not the bad guy of that movie.
2: I agree with you. I agree.
0: He was not. And, you know, I, I can't wait to watch the YouTube series. Cause oh, my make- gosh.
2: It's fantastic. Have you I've, seen it? Okay, yes, I've seen it, guys. every bit of it. Dude, it is amazing. It makes me like Johnny even more. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, if you think that Johnny was not the bad guy of the first film, you are going to love Cobra Kai.
0: Yeah, and especially, like, what got me around to the opinion of it was the show How I Met Your Mother. Because Barney is friends with William Zabka. Uh, And, and like, this is the thing with William Zabka. He was so, he was a bully in every movie he was in in the 80s. And he was so good at being a bully that people in real life legitimately hated him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it ruined his career. And he's, like, had this resurgence. Sure, playing the same dude. But, like, playing it with hindsight being twenty twenty, a kind of perspective of it. Right. Which is, like, and it's, like, people, especially people our age who have, like, grown up and realized, oh, yeah, like, like, Danielson kind of sucks. <laughs> like, he was a crazy violent dude. And, like, had a short temper and, like, there's like one point in karate kid where johnny was like he did do one thing wrong when he just says to his ex-girlfriend i want to talk and it's not to get her back but he wants to explain himself and he's kind of a hot-headed guy and she like picks up a radio and he grabs it out of her hand and puts it on the ground it's like yeah that that part yeah did. yeah and you can see that he realizes oh crap i did the wrong thing i shouldn't yeah that that. i'm with it yeah anyway. with it. and he had a bad teacher and, and no, not necessarily. Oh sure he did. He had <laughs> he like I you can't agree with that guy's method though. Like he like you realize in the second movie at the beginning of Karate Kid Part two that yeah, that was that was bad dude. But like <laughs> I, I kinda get from the first movie that the karate teacher was like, Look, okay, look, we're going to fight these dudes at this tournament because they came in and stepped on our territory and was like and was like talking crap to us. Yeah,
2: but sweet it, LA, look, come on, man.
0: We're going to take it out on these guys at the tournament. Until then, no matter what, you will be honorable and you will not touch them.
2: True. I, I, I get that part, but yeah. the, the actual fight
0: was wrong yeah well i get the win at all i get the win at all cost kind of mentality he has like sweep the lake, you know because yeah because it's a tournament yeah but like johnny was the guy that was going to win the tournament everybody knew it yeah. you know so like sacrificing the weakest dude in the in his class like yeah i can kind of see where he's going from doesn't mean he's right but i get it
2: well the great the greatest character in the whole movie is not mr Miyagi. It's Johnny's friend.
3: Put him in a body bag! Put him in a body bag!
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love, my favorite one is when he goes, he's yelling at uh, Johnny and, uh, was it Kaylee, the girl's name? Allie. Allie, Allie. And uh, Johnny and Allie, no, I'm sorry, Danny and Allie are walking in high school. And Johnny's friend goes, it must be take your worm for a walk week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, who says that?
0: (laughs) Everybody's got to have a henchman.
3: Thank you.